Today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Cue the cultists. They come out of the woodwork today. So, conversations with a cultist, like four. Anyway, so you're just going to have to listen. I can't, I can't set this one up. Just listen. Um, anyway, so after we talk with one cultist, um, another one shows up. Then we have a presuppositional apologetics conversation that goes deeper than just worldviews. We talk about Van Til, Bonson, presup, arguments, uh, those things. We go a little deeper than usual. And um, <laughs> every time we talk about presup, I, I imagine presuppositional people who that's their bread and butter don't look kindly on me because I, I don't really um, have a favorable view of it just for the argument's sake, just for presenting it to other people. So I'm a Christian. That is my worldview. I totally fall in line with everything a presuppositional apologist would say. My problem is I've never seen it successfully work on somebody. Maybe I just need to get my head out of the sand, send me an example of someone that it's worked on. But in my experience, all it does is lead to obstinance and fighting and build up tensions and just cause more division than getting getting on the same side. Um, in my humble experience. So, I totally agree with Presup. I totally believe Presup, but using that on another person, it just seems like preaching the gospel straightforward would be a better idea. Um, anyways, <clears throat> and I know some will say, well, it's because you have to you have to shut their mouths, like is talked about in this, in this podcast. You have to shut their mouths, and then when they're like, you know, beaten and broken and have nowhere to go, then you kindly and gently give them the gospel after you just like browbeat them for however long it took. Um, but I mean, also we don't do this in our own strength, right? So it's by the power of God. So what one man could do to like totally, you know, break this person and then give them the gospel. If God's not in it, it's not going to work. And you've also just, you know, done, been a terrible person or like browbeat this, this person to death, uh, metaphorically versus if you just say, Hey, you've got all your arguments. You don't think God's real. You think this, blah, blah, blah. How about this? Repent and believe the gospel. Jesus loves you. He died for you. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of your sins. It may not make sense to the natural man why that would trigger them in the moment while they still have all their arguments to throw against God. But if God's in it and God's drawing them, that could very well be the point where they're like, you know what? I had all these arguments. I actually don't need them anymore. So who's to say? Ultimately, our job is to share the gospel. So anyways, take that for what you will. Um, and then we end up with a few more cultists and we talk, we have some good conversations. The precept conversation is a good one. And then we go into faith and the confidence and versus blind faith. And so there, there's a really good conversation about faith and confidence and the presuppositional approach, uh, spring. And we have some cultists sprinkled in the mix. Um, so enjoy this one. Check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store, grab a t-shirt, support the cause, and you can click in the donate link and keep us going and sharing the gospel and having civil Christian conversations with people on the internet. So take care, enjoy this, and share these links. We'll see you next time. Affiliated to no group whatsoever, right? As I said, I am the word of God, and I'm here to speak as what, as thus said the Lord, what was written in the scripture from the beginning of creation and before creation, all of this was written. Now, as I said to you, sir. Well, well hang, let me clarify. You, you said you are the word of God? Is, yes. Is, Okay, so and, if you and, are and, the word of, oh, okay, yes. so, okay, so if you are the word of God, um, Jesus is the word of God. So are you Jesus reincarnated, or, or are you Jesus just well, stopping well, by? Well, you're supposed to be the word of God, and how, how will you be the word of God is when you speak what he said. Be, speak the truth, and always speak the truth. When you stand for God, you represent God. 
right? That, that is what it means, right? When I say that I'm the schoolmaster, he teaches us and leaves us to carry out his work, to finish the job, right? He leaves his apostles and send them into the world. He teaches them, right? But and send them, bless them and but, sanctify them. And but said, they're not the schoolmaster. You are not the, the I am the schoolmaster. Well, well, the law is the schoolmaster. So the, if you're yes, the, well, 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 I am okay, the law. What? Okay, okay, hold on. So it's fine. You can say or believe whatever you want. Um, I'm just mm -hmm. saying, we and you know the Bible disagrees with you. So Jesus says, you know, his he was his name is called the Word of God in Revelation 19:13, and mm -hmm. Paul and Paul says the law of Moses is a schoolmaster. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you're if you're not Jesus and you're not mm -hmm. the law of Moses, then mm -hmm. you can't be the word of God and the schoolmaster. I am the law of God because the law of God is the word of God. But Christians don't believe that. Christians believe that the law of uh, the law is the is the word of Moses, and that is not true. The law was given to Moses by God. It is the word of God that spoke out of his mouth. And I live by it and I stand by it and I represent it. So I am the word of God. And I am the schoolmaster because I'm here teaching what Christ left us to teach. Right? Okay, we so are teachers. We, okay, are so on, on that point, right, right. So on that point, we severely disagree uh, to the point of, you know, heresy. Um, but, okay, so then what, what is your thought on, I, I know we started off talking about heaven. And like your profile, like, let me just read it real quick. Um, it, you, you really had a thing for locations, like you, you know where the location of the Garden of Eden is. You know the location of the spirit world. But I, I want to ask you about the shape of the earth in a minute. Um, but but you, you seem to have a really big emphasis on these locations. But what do you think about Jesus? So, like, if someone says, what's the most important thing in the universe you could possibly tell someone? And I would say it's telling them about Jesus and how they can be born again and have eternal life in him. If they repent of their sins, ask him to make them born again, save them, forgive them and give them eternal life. That's the most important thing I could possibly tell someone. So now what would you say? Would you say, okay. well, the most important thing is like the shape of the earth or oh, oh, okay, the word of okay. God? Yeah. Okay, because you're, you're missing my point. So I am oh, wait, well, uh, wait. Hold, hold on, I'm, I'm answering well, I want you to answer I, my question. No, no, I, I, wait, wait. I, I, we, can, we can have this conversation, but I, I ask you a question. If you're going to completely ignore it and move on, no, no, we're not no, doing I, that. So could you, okay, go ahead. Speak to what I ask, please. I'm not ignoring nothing. I'm, I'm answering you. I'm breaking, I'm, yes, I'm breaking it down. Now, you mentioned about what is written on my profile, about um, um, about the shape of the earth, about this and about that, right? When you're teaching, you can teach in different aspects. You can teach on different topics. But as you said about born again, let me answer you. Okay. Now, you talk about born again. How does one born again? Answer me. By being born of the spirit, because you're already born of the water. So to be born again, you're born of the spirit. And why are you born of the spirit? What spirit? The Holy Spirit. And what is the Holy Spirit? God. J just spit it out. Like I didn't have any. I didn't lead you or walk you down a road. I just told you what I thought. So if you'd do me the same oh, courtesy, oh, just, oh, just okay. tell yeah, me I'm, what I'm, you think. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just not doing crack the head open and let it all pour out. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what the word says. Okay. No. Sure. It's exactly let, the let, same, right? Let, yeah. Well, since you so are the word of we're God. Going to, we're going to reason yeah. into deep reasoning if you can handle it. No, for you example. Mean the, wait, do you mean the wisdom of man where Paul no, says the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God. We... The, the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Because you're, what you're saying now is just the wisdom of man. And I'm going to prove you wrong according to I literally quoted the know? Bible, but okay. 
Okay. Well, I mean, I quoted, no. I quoted the word of God, so if you are the word yes. of God, you would agree with yes. that. All right, just an example, right? Uh -huh. sure. Nobody nobody is baptized because, first of all, um, the church, all the churches have baptism wrong and they are fighting over this old baptism thing. But if they did go to the original Hebrew text, then they will know that they have their, their whole doctrine wrong. First of all, you think no one's done that? No, no one, no one is baptized according no to what gone, the Bible. No one's gone to the Hebrew text. Okay, go ahead. No, one no people, no, no, no. People, people have gone in the Hebrew text, but not Christianity. So Christians right? have not because gone in the Hebrew text. No, no, one not, not not Christianity. They don't go in the Hebrew text. Okay, they go and I, mean, what, what, I personally what do it about every day. But, okay, go no, ahead. No, no. If you do, you would have have the right thing, and you would have said the right thing, right? And I and I think maybe then you would even be still calling yourself a Christian if you go to you, the right Hebrew text. Are you fluent right? in Hebrew? Hmm? Are you fluent in Hebrew? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. So how do you read the Hebrew text? Well, when I do said Hebrew, when I said the Hebrew text, I mean the the, the right <laughs> word that was the right the right meaning that were written, not the the, the the old thing that they changed in translation. For example, just as though you may say Jesus, and I say to you that 2,000 years ago, there was no letter J existed, so nobody named Jesus, right? Yeah, his name was then, Yeshua. Sure. You understand me? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it is not even Yeshua. You understand? It is Yahoo. Yeah, YHWH, Jesus is God, yes. Yeah, but I yes. Mean, so who we'll started yes. Y? The four Hebrew, the four tetragram, YHWH. Okay, now we agree on that. But let, let me finish with the whole thing about born again. If somebody going to just to say, say that they are going to um, baptize, they dip in the water, you know, baptism, water baptism signify that you bury the whole man, and you have resurrected a brand new man. When you when you dip in the water, you kill that whole self, and you rise up out of the water, a brand new person. Is that so? Full immersion, sure. Okay. Now, have you recognized what John did? that Christianity did not teach is before you even say you're going to get baptized deep in the water east the, 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 the scribes and Pharisees came to him and he said you generation of vipers who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come and John stayed they, they said to John what shall we do then right to, 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 to be saved but save from what save from the wrath of God that is coming right so he said, what shall we do then to be saved? Right? And John said, bring therefore fruit of repentance. But that fruit of repentance, do you know what that is? Hold on. I want to pause. I just want to make sure we're in the same track. Um, about 10 minutes ago, about six minutes ago, mm -hmm. I told you what I thought the most important thing in the universe was to tell someone. And then I asked you what you thought. And we're talking about baptism. So I just want to be clear. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. someone asks you what the most important thing in the world you could possibly mm -hmm. tell someone is, is it baptism? Because that's what you've been talking about for five minutes now. So this yeah, is the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, because we are mentioning so not, about okay, baptism so, and we are mentioning about um, being, being um, um, okay. So nothing like, about Jesus, or are we going to get to that in like a few minutes? Like nothing yeah, about Jesus, just straight to baptism. Oh no, oh no, 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 we're talking about the Son of God, right? So I do believe in the Son of God, but I told you that was not his name. So we still believe in that there was a Son of God. That's do you believe Jesus is God? That name did not exist. You know who I mean. Wait, wait. You know who I mean. The guy walking around leading the 12 disciples. Do you believe that yeah. guy is God? He's the Son of God. Right. I believe he's the Son of God. I also believe he is God. He and the Father is one. Do you believe no, that? Well, one, one how? 
They're one they in are... a card. One in a card. They're on the same page. Nope. Are you a Muslim? No, I'm not uh, a Muslim. Uh, are you a five percenter? I'm, 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 no, no, no. I'm the I'm, I'm of the twelve tribe of Israel. The same um, apostles that was walking with him. The same oh, apostles that Israelite. he sent out into the world. The same apostles that he sent out in the world. We are here today to set all things straight and to prove all people who are lying based on the scriptures and based on his teachings. So we, today we are here. Just as always said, I will send back Elias in the last day to prepare the coming of the Lord. And that Elias was John the Baptist who Woo. came. Okay. I think mm -hmm. we are so far off base. Yeah, we I are far say, off base. It, it does, yeah, we it does, well, well, it does rub me a certain way when I ask for, you know, what denomination, group, or organization you are, you're with, and you said none. none. But now you're Hebrew Israelite, is that? I didn't say Hebrew Israelite. I said I'm an Israelite of the 12 tribe of Israel. We are right, the sure people. That. We are the team. So, we are the, they are the right, only right. So, of the button. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So like an hour ago when we were like chatting before we were in voice, mm -hmm. and I asked you, why didn't you say that? Say what? That is not a religion, sir. The Israelite that is finger. That is I a people. What? That is a nation. That is the I said identity what? of God's people I said what? scattered. I said what denomination, so that's what, you're not a denomination, I get it. I said what denomination, organization, or group. If you're a people, if you're a people group, that would have been the time to say, oh yeah, no. I'm none of those except a group. I'm a group, and the group I am is a no. people group, the true Israelite. No, I'm not a people group, sir. I am just me, the prophet that God sent. He did not send me as a group. He sent me as me. Well, what you I was trying to say is, unfortunately, I think we're so far off base. Um, yeah, we are far off because that's only Christianity is wrong. We I, know I, so, yeah, so, well, to, hang on. Well, well, hang on. Let me say this, then Luke can have you for a minute. Mm -hmm. I just want to say we're so off. I don't think there's a reasoning continuing other than Galatians I, I know, 1, I know 8 and 9. Say, I know you're well, going to say that because the Bible says well, we could play it when no one pursue it. And I gave you the scriptures early. And I showed yeah, well, you the scriptures that in heaven uh, okay. you will not bow before no Jesus. I gave so, you the scripture. I'm tired of being interrupted on my own stage. I've been overly gracious. Galatians 1, 8 and 9 is what I'd like to get out of my mouth. If you're the word of God, you should be respectful enough to hear the word of God. But even if we or an angel from heaven or a prophet from the true tribe of Israel should preach a gospel other than one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. If we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Not unlike Michael when he rebukes Satan and says, may the Lord rebuke you. Um, you know, I, I think that may be the appropriate thing to do here. Um, we're just so far off base, this conversation is fruitless to continue. Unless you repent of your sins, you will die in your sins. So I hope the best of you repent, believe the gospel, put your faith in Jesus, and have eternal life, and we can all be friends. Uh, Lou, what were you going to say? Sorry you didn't get a chance to speak to him, but I was tired of being interrupted on my own stage. Well, no, you're good. I, I just wanted to understand his position. I usually like to ask, like, okay, I surrender. Um, I, I believe you. What do I have to do to be saved? Is going to be my question um, unfortunately i think it would have taken probably 20 minutes and you still wouldn't have got an answer um you're probably you're probably right that's fine um, but uh <laughs> are you off work today you got time to chat i don't um i'm ah. on my little break i got my little 10 minute break so i literally have six minutes so six yeah. like the number of man exactly <laughs> um yeah, I wish you'd like, maybe you need to take a vacation day or a staycation day so you can hang out with us more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would like that. Um, Man, I wanted to say, 
Yeah, I sent him an invite. I wanted to say that was like, uh, you know, tell us you're in a cult without telling us you're in a cult. But I mean, basically, he's like, yeah, bro, straight up cult. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically yeah, so, he didn't tell so us. I, guess, a, I mean, from what a, I, from the yeah. little bit I could understand, he, he sounded like he was an apostle. I was wondering if there was more prophet of him too. out there. At least a prophet. He said that? Yeah, he said he was a prophet of God. And he also said he is the word of God. And he said he was the schoolmaster, like the law. Oh, wow. You, you, you weren't here for that? No, I, I kind of maybe just got in and was working still and didn't get that. But wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Hey, Michael, good morning. Morning, morning. Well, you know, you can always look at the plus side, right? There's no such thing as a prophet. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, you can, you know, whether, you know, somebody claims to be a prophet or not, you can always just say, yeah, yeah, that's not a thing. So you don't have to worry about, uh, um, you don't have to worry about things like that. Uh, you know, it's I'm, funny. You know, we yeah, we both way, agree to that, but for I'm different reasons. <laughs> I'm definitely in a cult. Yeah. Yeah. Cult, cult of personality? Of, no, the cult of atheism. Yeah, I, I, I had that. Uh, I had that proclaimed to me yesterday. Oh, man, people are just salty. Like, dude, this guy was like coming in hard. Like, usually, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, pretty, pretty bold for a cultist. Or I, I don't know. I mean, I guess he said he was a prophet apostle too. So maybe, maybe that's where his boldness came from. Yeah, yeah I... he had authority. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like my experience with with cult, you know, with with cults is. Uh, you know, from what I've experienced a little bit, like with JWs and Mormons and stuff, and then just from what I've read, is that, you know, like typically like a cult is a little, they're a little more low key with you until they figure they've pretty much got you, right? Sounds like an atheist um, to me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, though I, I, had, I already caught, you know, like two minutes ago saying, you know, I was in the cult. Until they have a needle in your arm so, and they're taking your blood. <laughs> well, well, Michael, exactly. that, that guy, like we, we talked, that guy started messaging me like yesterday, and uh uh, yeah, he started messaging me yesterday, and it About was what? very. I know, right? Hang on, I'll just, I'll just read it. I don't want to misquote the guy or whatever. But he had a real thing for like everything other than Jesus. So, hang on, let me just read this real quick. Um. Oh no! Does that mean I can't read it? Like I had to block him because he kept blowing up my chat. Yeah, that's another one. You could so unblock like, it. And then I can see it? Yeah, I'm sure you. Unblock them in the... Oh. oh, boy. How did I even find it? Okay, anyway. Why would you block basically, that? Oh, because I can't... I can't... I, I mean, that's, like, about the only reason I block people was just, like, insane cursing and, like, you know, porn pictures. Or when they just send me so many messages that I can't function. Because it's just, like, beep, 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 beep. That's what's happening right now. Um, that's what was happening. Anyway, but his, his whole profile was, like, about locations. Like, you know, tell me you're in a cult without telling me you're in a cult. Talk about anything other than Jesus. Or, you know, better yet, say you are Jesus. Um, but this guy was, like, obsessed with, with heaven. So he said, how did you become saved? Right? And I gave him the spiel. I'm like, look, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, repent, ask to be born again, given eternal life, boom, you're saved. Repent and believe the gospel. Jesus alone will save you. Um, and then he says, uh, and then he says, what does that mean? And I, you know, because I'm being very quick, I'm like, it means you're going to live with God in heaven forever. And then he, like, goes on this whole tangent about what is heaven? No, sir, you are wrong. I am your schoolmaster. I'm like, that's a little weird, but okay. Um, and he's like, uh, heaven is, you know, the heaven is the throne room of God. 
my words, not his. I forget what he said, but it's basically where God was. He's like, you're going to live on the new heaven and new earth. And he starts like being very pedantic about it. And I'm like, look, bro, it's just like when people say hell and someone like stops a conversation to say, actually, Sheol is no more. You mean the lake of fire? I'm like, it's like that. When I say heaven, I'm talking about just like for the sake of expediency, you're cool with God. You're on God's good side. That's what I mean by that. He's like, you, sir, are wrong. So he just kept going on and on and on. And then um, I'm like, look, man, I, I'm in a live room right now. I'm like, just, just come join me here. So he did, to his credit. And I was trying to, like, you know, have a conversation. But so many of these people, like, they just, they just uh, get up on their soapbox and they will not get off. And then, you know, I, I finally kicked the guy because he just kept interrupting um, and, and wouldn't let me get a word in my room, which, you know, anyways. So I'm like, look, bro, you're going to hear what I have to say. And then finally he, he left. And he starts spamming me like, you set me up. You're the devil. The devil sets people up. I'm like, you wouldn't stop talking. And now you're not stopping talking here. So um, anyways, um, anyways, that was what was going on. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was, I think, someone's question about what was he talking about. Well, it is interesting. Like, like there, are, there are those, and I think, you know, we've all had experiences with them, who agenda sounds you know a conspiracy theory like but you know who will have their agenda when they're talking to someone and they will they'll feign interest in whatever it is you have to say because all they're really waiting for is their turn to talk um and maybe it maybe this is an example of that can i yes, ask Michael, you a question tell me. Hey, hang on hang on Yes, Michael, tell me more. You're so interesting. I want to know all about you. <laughs> um, just disappointed. You are interesting, Michael. Uh, yeah, mine. Uh, we're going to get to you. Hang on one second. There's one more thing I wanted to say in that. Um, oh, boy, what was it? Um, uh, maybe it'll come back to me. Anyways, just disappointed, Michael. Uh, I'd like to think this group of regulars are all no, legitimately I, I interested. It. You're going to do better other. than that to offend me. <laughs> uh, mine. Yeah, go ahead. What's up, mine? Yeah, man. So my thing, Nate, and I got I got a love for you, brother, and um, I have to continue to love you. But I just I can't forgive anything that you don't want to be forgiven for. So that's a whole another story. But uh, we both have know. I offended you yeah. today. What what should I have forgiveness from you for? I don't think I've talked to you in a really well, okay. long time. So what have I done yeah. to sin against you, my brother? I have yeah, because this is like probably maybe about to be like the third time that I've tried. Um, and like when I come in, I try to come in with scripture. I can back up everything I say with scripture. Um, and I try to show where, um, the doctrine that you guys are pushing is incorrect. And it's like, you shut me down instead of like actually trying to understand which love is. Okay, one second, one second. Cause I remember what I was going to say earlier. What I was going to say earlier is that was really the, the thing that kind of broke it, like derailed conversation, which is probably about to happen again in real time. It doesn't make me a prophet, but whenever I ask that guy, I'm like, look, if someone just tells you, because, you know, the most important thing for me is Jesus, right, is eternal life. So I'm like, hey, if someone says, what's the most important thing you want to tell people, it starts and ends with Jesus. That's the most important thing. And um, then when I ask you, I'm like, well, what's the most important thing? And the guy starts talking about John the Baptist and baptism in a roundabout way. I'm like, just, just whatever no, that's that is. Not, someone would, that's not, no, not me, you, bro. Not you. I'm not, I'm not talking about you. I, I'm, I'm talking about the guy before you was here. Um, so whenever he starts doing that, uh, that was really the thing that just shows me. I'm like, look, I, I want to have civil conversations, you know, with people, and I don't care what you believe. Like, he was claiming to be God. Like, he was claiming to be Jesus. Like, I obviously disagree, but he can say it. Um, he can believe it. He shouldn't, but he can. I mean, I, I wrote a whole book about civil dialogue with, you know, uncivil people. 
check it out on Amazon, ask a Christian book. <clears throat> but um, anyway, so it's not that. It's just like whenever you, you have a block and he just goes on such a diatribe that you cannot have a conversation. Well, if it gets to the point where you cannot converse, well, then anyways, that, that was kind of why I put him down. And then Lou, I, I would have loved a normal person uh, to be able to answer your, that question you asked him. But, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, people will ask things and instead of getting a quick answer that they want to lead them down the trail to like an aha Jesus moment or something, which I, I know you kind of like to do, like, you know, have you ever told a lie? What does it make you a liar? Okay, well, um, that guy, I guarantee would have taken 20 minutes and gone absolutely nowhere. Anyways, that was what I wanted to say. Uh, mind, yes. Yeah, so I, I just want to say mind because you already said it and this is going to happen a fourth time. Um, we obviously you know, disagree. And the claim that everyone can back up everything they say with scripture, I mean, all kinds of people will say that. And, you know, they'll, they'll string together lines of scriptures to, quote, prove what they're saying. Um, but before you start, and I want to give you a solid, like, three minutes. I'll give you three minutes where no one will interrupt you. That's at least as much as I can commit to. But ultimately, this is ask a Christian. So if you think you're wrong, uh, I mean, if you think we're wrong, send us a letter. Send me an email. Uh, but I don't care to be told I'm wrong in the stage. I mean, obviously, people tell us that all, all day, every day, and we'll entertain that conversation. But it's going to have a really sharp and short limit to it. Um, so with that in mind, um, you know, this is Ask a Christian. Um, and it's from the biblical perspective as best and accurate as we can do it for the first century church. That's where we stick and what we promote and what we preach. So with that being said, I can commit to, let's see, it's 840. Let's just say 844, 845, 6. So until 847, you can say whatever you want as long, as long as it's not like, you know, I know you're not going to curse and stuff like that, but all right, go ahead. You got three full minutes. I'm not going to interrupt you. Mind? Clock's ticking, bro. You're on mute. Yeah, yeah, my bad. It's a little loud over here, so, you know, bear with me. But, um, but I, okay, so number one, my thing is this, and this, I always had this issue with you brothers where it's like, because um, I heard what you're saying. Some people do be going around saying they Jesus. Um, that's not my claim. Um, but Jesus, uh, hold on, let me try to. Yeah. Maybe this might help just a little bit. It's like I gave you the golden ticket and you're putting it in the locker. <laughs> Can you imagine what a Unibob right, so, or Baptized would do if we gave them so, three minutes of uninterrupted? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so what I'm saying is this, brother, like, um, there is the concept of love. I don't even need three minutes, so thank you. So I think I might have just blew off like 30 seconds of my time. But um, the scriptures make things clear, right, that we're supposed to um, love God. And, and Jesus is who came and brought us the, the actual name of God and gave us the ability to actually um, receive that name. And when we receive that name, what ends up happening is we received the power that Jesus had. Um, uh, John 1 and 12 says um, in the scriptures, and I know you love this, uh, one of these verses, some of these verses that I'm about to go to. Um, John, uh, John chapter 1 verse 12 says, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Um, the concept of that name has been a thing since the beginning. Genesis chapter 4 verse 26 says that uh, to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enosh. Then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. And we know through that bloodline, Noah um, 
it says that he right here in Genesis chapter six, um, verse eight, it says, and Noah found grace in God's eyes or eyes, uh, grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. And we also know that Noah, even though he was perfect, he got drunk, um, fell asleep in his tent for his son Ham to see him naked. Um, and then we also know that uh, when Jesus came, he told us the, the actual law. He told us that the law, what the law is and what the true word is. The word word in Genesis uh, John 1 and 1 logos means doctrine. Um, it means precept. It means the concept of the mind. Um, Matthews 22, and I believe is let me see, 30, is it 36? It says, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, all thy mind, and all thy soul. And this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Um, and this is understood throughout the entire scriptures. Like even if we go to Deuteronomy 6 and 5, it tells us, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And the words which I command thee this day, thou shalt write in thy heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. So right, the reason why this is. Things. I actually gave you an extra 30 seconds because of your technical difficulties. But you also have apparently a Chris block so he can't get in the room. So I'm going to move you down to audience real quick. And once he's in here, we can bring you back up. But um, can't say we weren't fair. I gave you more than three minutes. So let Chris get in here and I'll bring you back up and we'll see how much longer this happens. Man, uh, give me just one second. Again. Huh? Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so I want to ask when, when you get back up your mind, like what's the purpose of that? Like I, I know if we probably had a really long time, um, you would have led us somewhere. But in, I mean, in three minutes, like, um, I mean, you read a lot of scriptures that we've always, that all of us have already read before. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's, what's the point? Like, this is like uh, repeating, right? Like if someone's like, Hey, you got three minutes, uh, you Christian thing, you, you're in a room full of atheists. What do you want to tell us? I mean, I wouldn't start reading like at the beginning was, you know, at the, you know, the beginning, whatever the first verse in the Bible is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so used to like going to John in the beginning was the word. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I, I wouldn't start there. Like that may be, you know, to give a full, complete understanding. But if I was I had like a short amount of time to, to speak to someone, I'll just start with the most important thing. So I don't know if you had to say all that stuff to get us to where you wanted to go. But coming back up, I'll invite you up again. Um, this may not go too much longer. Um, well, you must have had Chris Block because he wasn't here and now he is. Yeah, Anyways, no, no, like, I do got so, him blocked. No, I got him blocked. I didn't know how to You just said he hadn't blocked anyone. Know. Yeah, because I didn't remember okay. blocking him. Yeah, I didn't okay. remember Anyway, so, so mine, could you condense, like, it, if we gave you an hour, what's, like, the 30-second version of, you, you already said that we're wrong, all of us Christians are wrong. Like, um, why are we wrong? Because Jesus is not God, because Jesus was just a prophet, because we really need to follow the, the Torah? Like, No, because Jesus, because, because Jesus returned with the Holy Spirit. Um, and the problem is that when he returned with the Holy Spirit, um, he should be with you. Like he should be with you in your flesh. Um, and the problem is that um, the Antichrist, which appears to be like most of you brothers, y'all don't believe that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. 
And that so I have is, a pretty high that, threshold, but being called the Antichrist is probably going to shorten the lifespan of this conversation even more. I well, mean, no, I'm saying fair? it seems. I said it seems. I didn't say you are anything. I said it seems. Okay, well, you seem like a demon heretic. I mean, does that make you feel good? I can. I got the scriptures to back up what I'm saying, though, so that's why I'm <laughs> saying what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, no, you're just profoundly mentally ill. I've been asking you to get professional help for over a year. Please seek professional mental help. Well, no, I, I've done that throughout my entire life. I don't know if you have or not, um, but yes, and I'm very mentally healthy. That's the good thing about me. Um, but the truth of the matter is, brother, um, I'm actually second, second John, um, second John chapter one, of course, verse five. Um, it says this, and this is important. It says, now I beseech thee, lady, not as the, though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which had been from the beginning that we love one another, not call each other mentally ill. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandments that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye shall walk in it. Like I just read, Noah walked with God. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Who That Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and a antichrist because they don't believe this. Look to yourself that we lose not those things which have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth, transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If there come any of you, uh, uh, any of you uh, who comes unto anybody who comes unto you and bring not this doctrine of Christ, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God speed. For he that abideth him God speed is partaker of his evil. All right, so my, my question is, okay, you said that we need to believe like Jesus returned with the Holy Spirit, I mean, which is kind of against the Bible. But anyways, um, so if we grant you – okay, oh, sure. If we just hand wave that away so we can move on, um, then are you saying that uh, us Christians would be fine in your eyes if we just believed that Jesus was li- living in the flesh like with us or in us or as part of us or something like that or still no? Yes, no. If if you believe that Jesus Christ is in your flesh, then you are of God. Okay, great. So, it was my heart. Does that count? Well, that's the being in him living in you and believing that he lives in you. That means that you have all power by him and authority under him, like like of him, like all things that's his is now yours as well, Nate. Like that's what okay. it is. Can you create? Can you create something out of thin air for us? Can you just show us? Can you make? Or maybe um, you don't really. You really hate me, so maybe could you just give me a heart attack right now? Go ahead. You got the power. I can do. The I can do. I, I mean, can do. Yeah. So, so brother, I well, can I mean, do I just, all things in Jesus' well, name. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't know if I. I mean, I may give you a heart attack. Uh, you know, with the love of Christ. Uh, I was just talking about how how we're trying to have civil conversations. <laughs> um. So I don't. I don't know. Uh, I want you to be the butterfly that you are, Chris. But um, I mean, I mean, also, I just, I mean, you know, it's just, it's. I think what it's doing is playing into his delusions by having conversations with him, and I think it's cruel. So well, no, know, actually, I'm just correcting you because like, you, you are, no, no, you no, are doing very, you know, anti-love right now. You're not loving. And to continue to continue to to further your delusions by thinking that you're making arguments when really what you really, really do need is professional mental health counseling. 
Right, that, and I, and I'm like you saying that consistently doesn't change the fact that I have. Um, I actually just had counseling last year too. Um, I have had it five times in my life, and I am very mentally healthy. Um, based on what my psychologists say, not you. Um, but the truth of the matter is not how I personally feel about anything. I'm just trying to. I have to show myself to be approved. And every time I come in this room, I'm always coming with love. I'm never disrespecting anybody. I'm always showing love to Nate. Um, and I'm always trying to have a cordial conversation where I show the scriptures and back up what I'm saying. But this is what happens every time where there's hatred towards me and the brother that that's not love. And that's not the doctrine of Christ. And we should not, Nate should not let you in his house. If he's a, uh, if he believes in the scriptures, if he believes in the scriptures, he should not let you in his house. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I think this course has run its what course, this conversation has run its course. Anyway, so I would say, you know, not surprisingly, not as bad as the last guy we talked to the divide between us, but you know, still a significant enough divide. That I mean, you know, the uh, the Bible, like, what was it, First Corinthians? Ah, was it eight? I read it for the other guy. But you know, it's like, look, if we're preaching, if someone, even an angel himself, comes from heaven and preaches another gospel than what you know you first received, let them be an anathema, and the curse of God be upon them. Um, so I mean, I know that sounds weighty, but I mean, I think that's kind of where we are. I mean, the divide between us is just uh, um, less than the last guy. Oh, you missed a doozy, Chris. But still, uh, you know, still too much. So I do appreciate what you said. Uh, we strongly disagree and have differing opinions. Uh, thank you for, you know, the concern for our souls or whatever. I, I likewise have concern for yours. Um, so I would say repent, believe the gospel. And if you've checked off any of these boxes, fine. But, you know, Jesus says repent, believe the gospel, believe him, ask him to be born again, give you eternal life. He'll freely give eternal life. That's it. Then the spirit of God will live with you and lead you and guide you where you should go. Um, so that is my hope for you and everyone. Um, and I'm sure you have the hope for whatever you hope we do too. Um, so let's leave that there. And now let's go counsel brother Chris. So brother Chris. So love, um, love is uh, not in the gospel. Brother. What? Love is not in the gospel. Uh, you don't know what love, love is in the, love is in the Bible. Yeah. But, so yeah, if, yeah, if anyway. I'm saying you so, love uh, me, if, uh, so if you love me, if you, uh, yeah, mine, I, I tried to be nice. Like we're, we're done with that conversation. I was going to try to, uh, you know, chat with Chris. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I Maybe don't I'll go back to bed. Like, but, I mean, love is in the Bible. And he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I mean, the Bible also says a lot of things. But when you want to know how to get eternal life, how to be spiritually reborn, how to be born again, born in the spirit, you know, you're already born in the water. You need to be born in the spirit. So when you, when you want to know how to get eternal life, um, you know, I mean, maybe you could work love in there because, well, if you don't love, then you can't really love God. You can't accept it. Like maybe you could work love in there somehow. But the pure gospel is repent and believe the gospel that Jesus died for your sin, shed his blood for your forgiveness. Um, so if you're someone who believes and says, uh, yes, Jesus, make me born again. Give me eternal life. I want uh, to follow you. Make me born again. There's no mention of love. So if you can, I mean, if you need to like work love in there somehow, sure, fine. I mean, you know, if you don't have love, nothing else matters. Like Paul says, like it's a clanging gong. If you have all these other gifts, all these other things. So if you need to work love in there, sure, go for it. But if you're just wondering, how do I inherit eternal life? Well, well what we said is how. Um, Chris, what were you saying? I just, and Chris, well, I have a book. <laughs> you're like, read a book. I have a book for you. It's how to have civil discussions with people who are a little bit less civil. Um, I can get you a copy if you like. Sure. PM me your address. I'll Please. send you one. All right. Yeah, I'll back to right. it to you. I'd love to read it. I just, oh, wait. So I'll, like, I'll, my, 
had lots of conversations with this guy, and he's genuinely, like, mentally ill. And, you know, he just goes off on these, like, delusional tangents. It's different every time. Like, today it was about, you know, love and, you know, Jesus being in your flesh or whatever. It's always something different with him, and it's just like, you know, it's it's just very bizarre behavior. And I, I was going to ask Michael, like, is counseling somebody to to please get professional mental health counseling, like, because you notice these like very strange, very not like I can disagree with lots of people. There's only a few people that I'm like, wow, that dude is ill. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just. And I'm not making it in a clin- clinical sense. It just is like, wow, it's like the gibbering guy that's like, you know, the homeless guy screaming at the sky walking down the parking lot. You're like, wow, the loving thing for that guy would be to like, you know, get him back on whatever meds he's supposed to be on and get him help and get him housing. And, you know, that's the way I see mind is like this, this like crazy person who's screaming at the sky. It just, it's just, I don't know, it's super sad. So it's, it's weird. Like it's never, I mean... It, it can it's weird it can come across as very unkind right you know like if 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 you're if a bunch of people you're interacting with on a regular basis you're always like hey man i think you need help um then it, it can come across as unkind I, i'm not suggesting that's what you do the flip side of that is it's never if if you if you do encounter somebody that you think that that you believe and not not just because you know like you said and i don't think you do this anyway not because you disagree with them but because you genuinely think you know there might be a problem like if, you know like if somebody's talking in a way that is nonsensical to a degree that they they seem to have lost their grip on a little thing i like to call reality um it's never a bad idea to suggest maybe somebody you know to talk to somebody else because in that instance the worst thing that's going to happen is they talk to somebody and that person says, yeah, you're probably okay. Right. Um, you know, and then in the, you know, the, the flip side of that is, you know, here, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we need to escalate this and, you know, I'd like to talk to you again soon. Uh, you know, but it, it's, you know, that, that kind of thing. But I think what, what was more kind of like stark in, in my mind during that, that conversation is, I, I mean, I didn't say anything, right? I don't think, I mean, I've never spoken with mind one-on-one before, at least, or at least I don't believe that I have. Um, if he's calling someone like you an antichrist, then in my head, I'm like, what the hell am I? Like, <laughs> like, like that's like, that was honestly the first thing was like, if you think that of, of someone who's, who's a, who's a, a Christian, like <laughs> what category do I fall under? I just found that, funny right that would have been funny to get that answer so see michael you may as well just be a christian because uh you know i mean (laughs) if you're our kind of christian you're still someone's antichrist so uh you know you're you're probably in good hands Uh, but but, i wouldn't ask that question though (laughs) if i ask that question uh son good morning what's up are you speaking yeah can you hear me uh yes What's on yeah, your mind? I had a question. That's why I came up. Uh, yes, go ahead. Yeah, in the Bible, uh, Jesus said uh, to his, uh, a rich person that sell all your wealth to get an eternal life. Uh, how do you reconcile with uh, uh, Jesus? Uh, if you believe in Jesus, uh, you are automatically uh, got a ticket to 
heaven or something like that. Because that's not all he told that guy. He said, sell all your stuff because this guy talks about there's more back and forth. So he talks about how he's he's kept all the commandments. He's done all these things that he's supposed to do, right? So it's not just sell your stuff and you're cool. He says he's also done all this other stuff. So this is a very individual, unique thing. So he says, look, I've done all these things I'm supposed to do. Now what do I need to do? And he doesn't just say sell all your stuff. And he says, sell all your stuff and follow me. So we can say if there's some terrible person and um, they sell all their stuff, they are still not okay with God. So if there's a person that's done everything they need to do, like they're not a terrible person, um, you know, they've, they've repented and they've done all the stuff they're supposed to do, right? They, they keep the laws, they follow all the laws, they, they do what they're supposed to do, and then they sell all their stuff. They're still not on God's good side because Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, sell all your stuff and follow me. So to follow him is like the 12 disciples who followed him. They didn't just sell all their stuff and leave their jobs and stuff like that and say, well, now we're on God's good side. They followed him. So look at what these people who followed Jesus did. They believed he's the Messiah. They believe he's God. They believe he has the power to forgive and raise himself from the dead. So if this guy who Jesus says, sell all your stuff and follow me, if he followed him, he would end up in the exact same position as the disciples who followed him and had faith in him and believed him. So that's that's the answer. The story doesn't just end with sell your stuff. It ends with sell your stuff and follow me. Yeah, so one of the necessary requirements are uh, follow the commandments, uh, sell, of, sell all your stuff, and follow him, right? No, sell all your stuff is not necessary for everyone. That was this guy's problem. So if there was someone who was like a compulsive liar, Jesus may have said, uh, you know, stop lying and follow me. So it was very specific to this guy. It was this rich young ruler. So his big problem, he was saying he did everything else fine, except he had lots of possessions. And Jesus says, that's your problem. You need to follow me and sell all your stuff. So if that would have been someone else who had a gambling addiction, he may have said, stop gambling and follow me. So we can't just say that every single person needs to sell everything they have because that doesn't apply for every single person. Because if everyone sold everything they had, that wouldn't fit. Because some people may be like, I don't have anything anyway. Great. But I still, uh, you know, am a liar or I still, you know, do other bad things. So let's say for hypothetical, uh, a very rich Christian person in modern era, do, 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 even if he follow all the commandments, does he have to sell all his stuff? I didn't quite catch all that. Can you say that again? That's a hypothetical, uh, a very rich Christian person in USA. Uh, after following the laws, uh, etc., does he have to sell his stuff? No. How do you reconcile with that? Because they're not this person. What, like that's what I just said. So it is not binding you. You are saying that it is just for that person only. This very specific encounter was with this very specific, unique person. Yes. So if everyone sold all their stuff, those people having having wealth and having possessions would not be a problem for all of them. So they would be not addressing their actual problem because we're all individuals. So we all have individual stuff we need to work out, we need to get right. So for some, that may be selling all your stuff. For others, that may be stopping lying, stopping stealing, stopping cursing at people 
So everyone has their own problem. And if everyone just sold their stuff, that would not address everyone's issues. It specifically needs to be addressed by the Holy Spirit. So like in Romans 14, there's things the Bible says, like for eternal life. And Nicodemus says, what do I need to do to, you know, to inherit eternal life? And he says, you must be born again. That has nothing to do with selling anything or behavior modification. That has everything to do with being spiritually born again, like becoming alive, spiritually alive. So that's the answer for eternal life. Once you have eternal life by faith in Jesus, you're saved by grace through faith, and it's not of works. So if selling all your stuff, that's a work, that's not going to get you saved. That may be good for your spiritual life. It may be good for your spiritual growth, but selling stuff, doing works is not going to save you. Having full uh, belief and faith in Jesus Christ alone that's what's going to save you. That's what's going to make you born again. And once that happens, if you have issues you need to work out, you already have eternal life. If you get struck by lightning, you're going to heaven. However, if you still have pools of this world or you know addictions, problems, you're doing bad stuff, you have lots of possessions that, that you're putting on par or above God, then yeah, you may be convicted by the Holy Spirit to you know get rid of some of that stuff, like make changes in your life. Like that's that's the gospel. It's not do all this stuff first and then be saved. It's be saved, repent, believe you're saved. And now you work out your salvation. You go about your life. So when you feel convicted, like you need to make changes, make those changes. That's the answer. Okay. That was a pretty good answer. I got to record all this stuff. Well, I mean, I, I do, but I, I got to clip it. Well, yeah, thank you, Chris. It's funny because, like, you know, um, do you know who Hank Hanegraaff is? Of course not. Oh, okay. Well, like, he was a really popular Christian radio personality a while back, like, in our generation. Um, he was the Bible Answer Man, right? So oh. he had a daily radio show, and he was the Bible Answer Man, right? And so, but the thing about it is that he would get the same questions over and over, and he had a lot of his responses kind of memorized and not word for word, but you know, he would just hit the points and that might be something, I mean, you do a pretty good job with most of the run of the mill questions anyway, because you know, you've been answering them for years. So, I mean, like that, that particular question, I think you always do a really good job on the, what should I do about solo my stuff? Yada, yada, yada. Because I think that you get that question enough that you're kind of, you kind of have a, a good response ready. Um, maybe like go through the podcast and figure out like the top 10 questions and then, you know, write down some responses and that might be really helpful for you. You mean like I did in my book that you can read for free with Kindle Unlimited? The most commonly asked questions we get? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nate, how, how are you not familiar with the Christian Research Institute? Even I know who that guy is. What is that? Dude, I just read my Bible and go to church. I, I don't... I don't know all this other stuff. Like if there's like a scholar or an ancient tome or like a radio person or like even a Christian music person, like the chances of me knowing them are little to none. I just stay in my little Jesus corner, read the Bible. Uh, you know, that, that that's it. I don't branch out very far. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's got some, I mean, he's not, he's not a scholar. Um, uh, I don't even think he, call himself a, I don't, yeah, I don't even think he'd call himself a scholar. Um, well, maybe, maybe he would, but he's got some, he's got some like 
fun, like genuinely. I subscribe to his YouTube channel because his stuff is funny. The Hank Hennig, what, Hennigram, Hennigraph? Well, Hank Hennigraph also famously about seven years ago apostatized and left Christianity. So, I mean, oh. that is, that like, he famously quit Christianity. And Why? Because he went to Eastern Orthodox. Oh, and okay. So, so he was just. So he would say he's still a Christian, but you would say, okay. I, I, and so, it, it, so it, the Answer Man was that. I, I just assumed, like you know, it sounded like an '80s program, or has it been around that long and it's it still? It's been around. Still around. Well, he's kind of still around. He's not on any radio stations anymore because <laughs> he, he apostatized. So all the Christian radio stations dropped him. I think he only has a YouTube now. He may be on a couple of radio stations here or there, but like. I think Matt Slick has more radio stations than him. Yeah, he still produces regular. Like, like I said, I subscribe to his. You, I get regular. Like he, I got a notification from YouTube that he uploaded something yesterday. Like he, he uploads, he uploads regular content to YouTube. So I bet his answers yeah. a lot have changed a lot for some of the things where he oh. may have been like. <laughs> so, Snap so it's like starting yes. over. So it's yes. like he'll have to. Uh, it's like how do you get saved? Be baptized. Wait, what? Yeah, really. Like he he repudiates the gospel, and he talks about how, you know, the gospel is you know not what evangelicals say it is, and that you have to be part of an apostolic church, and you know all the same crap that we hear from, you know, Catholics or EO. Yeah, like his his stuff is, and he's like he doesn't. I just um, I just went onto his channel here for a second. He has a. He he has a modest following. Like he's only got about sixty five thousand subs. Um, by, by contrast, Aaron Ra, a friend of mine, who's, a uh, he has a degree in anthropology and he's quite an outspoken. He does? Uh, yeah, he does. He does. Huh. Um, and he's a quite outspoken atheist activist. He's got over 300,000 subs. Um, but, but yeah, a like. A lot of this, firewood. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, a lot of firewood. I mean, yeah. I mean Hank Hanegraaff's show at its height was on like 400 radio stations. He was reaching a couple million people a day. Yeah. So and and yeah, like I, I've been I've been kind of paying attention to him for a couple of years. I heard his first. I have heard his name first a couple of years ago, um, and most of his videos have in the hundreds of thousands of views. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting. So like like his 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 subscriber base is on the small ish side when you think about you know kind of people on YouTube, um, but his. But I, I've always looked at subscri subscriber base as a little bit, not necessarily the best representation of how much content of yours actually gets out, but it's it's more about how many views your stuff has. And yeah, m most of his videos have more than 100,000 views. Yeah. Well, uh, good morning, CEO. How are you today? It's been a few days. I'm great, yeah. I'm just getting back from Barbados for my wife's birthday. Oh. Oh, is your wife's fun. No, no. <laughs> no, we just oh, went there for a okay. I, I love Barbados. Uh, I, yeah, I, I spent time there working. Huh. Oh, CEO, we're in the same boat. My, my, my wife is forcing me to go away for her birthday in a couple of weeks, too, I tell you. So it's a where, rough life. Where are you going? See, that's, where, a, that's the best at? case for Jehovah's Witnesses, so then you don't have to celebrate anyone's birthday. <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to Punta Cana in Dominican Republic. Nice. Yeah, I love it there. See, oh, yeah, I did send you a message on LinkedIn game. whenever you get a chance. 
Okay, I'll take a look at it. I haven't really looked at anything the last five days. If there was, Chris, my wife would find it. <laughs> I mean, it's Dominican Republic. There's there's a, probably a baseball game every 20. What say you, Vaniel? Baseball game every 20 feet? Hey, what's going on, dudes? Yeah, um, yeah, Hank, 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 Graf, whatever, however you pronounce his name. He's kind of riding on the glory of Walter Martin because it wasn't on Walter Martin, the original Bible answer man, for the Christian research after he passed away. I think he took over. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, he was a disciple of Walter. Yeah, it was uh, weird Chris, for me that they chose him. So. Well, Chris, one person I do know who is is um, well, I don't know the name, <laughs> but it's the uh, is it the gutquestions.org guy? I, I it may be the gutquestions.org guy, but. Where he goes to like college campuses and like has debates with like uh, these like college people. Do you know who I'm talking about from that? No, I don't. Or, know go, no, no, God, God answers. Wait, it's God answers. Uh, God answers. Godanswers.org or something like that. That's the one guy that sits like like on the mountain and uh, he talks to a whole bunch of kids that surround him. Oh, like, like... oh no, it's give me an answer. Hang on, give me an. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it, it's called on YouTube. It's called like give me an answer. But yeah, it's like a guy like that. He does like street apologetics, I guess. Instead sort of street evangelism, it's like street apologetics. So he'll like go and just like set up like a, a little speaker and a microphone, and just like on the spot, uh, you know, you get like the the college crowd who like comes around and um, yeah, he like takes it to him. Like he's I haven't heard anything from him in a long time. I mean, he probably. I wonder if you can do it now for fear of being like, you know, um, beaten up or called like fascist, racist, communist, or well, that love communists. But I don't know. I wonder if he's still done it in the last few years since things have got really crazy. Yeah, there are a few other people that do that kind of stuff and are uh, particularly, I, I think, slimy about it. And I think one of the slimiest is uh, a guy named Jeff Durbin. Um, he's... <laughs> I don't what would make one? What would make it slimy? I don't. Well, he he's a presuppositionalist. That's the first thing. Oh, so you just can't get anywhere? Well, yeah. Like I mean, you know, like you know, congratulations. You started with your conclusion. Have a nice day. Okay. Well, but Jeff Jeff Durbin also mm -hmm. got caught um, recording people's conversations that were coming in for counseling, and so. Um, one of the things that his church does is if they have a counseling session with somebody like about their sin or whatever else, um, they'll record it. And then if that person starts making waves at the church, they'll release the recording. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's ethical. Um, oh yeah. Wow. He's, he's horrendous. Well, and I guess, I mean, pre-stuff wouldn't even come into like an apologetic style like this. I mean, this is just like questions like, like what, you know, what we try to do here. Right. I mean, we don't, we don't really try to get into like, you know, worldviews even though it happens and I cringe like you know the goal was like ask a question I'll give you you know we'll give you an answer so it's like he, he speaks like you know just to whatever question they're asking N not um well let's go back to you know I know you ask about you know like a, a talking donkey but let's talk about your worldview like you know he didn't he didn't do any of that he'd probably get like you know well in, in fairness presuppositionalists do ask questions but the only one they really ask is how do you know that yeah and I'm saying that's that's not how do you what know I'm that? talking about at least Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, um, I, one, of the, one of the most famous ones 
one of the most famous ones when I was having, well, famous, infamous, when I was having one of my chats with uh, Saitem Brunkate years ago, um, he was asking me about uh, my asking me about my epistemology, and I told him that I subscribe to fallibilism, which okay, just Nate, just punch yourself in the face now. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, fallibilism is the is the philosophical principle that states that you can have knowledge without having absolute certainty. Um, it's pretty simple, and, and I'm not a philosopher, so um, I, I told him that, and I said, I said, so that's that's how you know I know that I can come to knowledge. And the first, the first, the next thing he said was, "Are you certain about that?" After I told him certainty wasn't part of my epistemology, the next question he asked me was, "Are you certain about that?" So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, like pre-sup is where I think all, all reasonable conversation with people of opposing views goes to die and rot. Michael, can you give me an example of what a pre-supption person would say? Um, yeah. So, like, um, Romans 1 is the, one of their favorite passages, uh, specifically 18 through 22, 23, whatever. Um, so, uh, but, but another, another famous one is, if if you don't if you don't start with God as your metaphysical precondition for intelligibility, then you Ugh. can't make sense of anything. Um, exactly. Yeah, there you go. See you. Yeah, um, just put yourself in the front. Amen. Um, metaphor. Oh, oh, ah, ah. Uh, Saint was it was it Ask Cliff? Is that what you were? Is that the guy I was talking about? Yeah, he just did a video like four days ago on YouTube. He's still doing it. Yeah, that guy's that guy's cool. He's like a likable guy. And yeah, I mean, you know, someone asked like, like, you know, he, he yeah, no worldview stuff. Um, well, I mean, maybe he'd done it, but um, anyway, like the guy that just asked about the rich young ruler, instead of being like, well, do you start with God? What's your worldview? All right, let's go back to the beginning and never getting to the actual question. Like, yeah, that's not it. That's not where it goes. Jesus says, sell your stuff and also follow him. But yeah, I mean, you know, not to not to hate on presuppositional apologetics too much, because I know as an argument to take it to people, I agree with Michael. But as a God-fearing, Bible-believing Christian, of course I believe it. I don't need to be convinced of of my worldview and to start with God. I already believe that. Um, so for the Christian, it's very easy on the ears. It's like, yeah, you're just telling me what I already believe. Um, but for the non-Christian, you may as well just say repent and believe, and where those signs on your you know, where there's signs on you and point them straight to Jesus instead of like in a roundabout way, we'll start with God, which God, all right, let's go through this. Let's go through this. And like, if they say yes to everything that you lead them down, you know, that's a good question. Chris, Michael, do you, do you guys have an estimation? If you just like didn't fight the presuppositionalist, um, how, what do you think an average time would be before they got to like salvation through Jesus Christ, repent and believe that type thing? Oh. Do you think it would take like, could they do that in like an hour or certainly wouldn't be 10 minutes. No, I have a direct answer to this question, actually. Okay. So, uh, so on Club, you can still find, if you go to the CA forum, which is our little club on Clubhouse, I haven't done anything in a long time. I much, I much prefer going to other people's spaces. But anyway, there's a conversation there that I had over probably a year or so ago with a guy named Jay Robin. Jay Robin has since kind of disappeared from this app. He's, I guess he just moved on with his life, and I wish him well. Um, but um, we had a conversation and it was approximately 55 minutes is the answer to your question, Nate. And, and I had to ask him to share the gospel with me. 
so what are the big points? I know you can't, um, yeah, maybe post a link in chat or something so people can watch you if they're curious. But so, so did you like tell him that you were not fighting him or did you just do it as an experiment or you, you no, just said I, yes? To, yeah, uh-huh. yeah we, no, we, we, we had a conversation and, you know, going back and forth, this, that, and the other thing, uh, you know, and so I just, I, I answered, I answered all of his questions and I, I just let, I just let the rabbit go down the trail. And uh, at one point I asked him, like a very so in like so this is a rhetorical question to you like to people like you and Chris and 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 to others like like Lou and CEO and and, and I think well pretty much everybody on the stage right now, um, what is your goal of having these conversations? I already know what your answer is, right? I like I I, I can say without hesitation that your goal would be to see me become a Christian. When I asked Jay Robin that very specific question, his answer was to show me that I was wrong. Uh, so being fair, though, presumably show you you were wrong. So you're like, oh, no, I'm so wrong. What do I do now? And then he would but, say so he could. Yes. Lead you but to the problem is, is that is that that happened at about 20 minutes into the conversation. And it was a oh, further okay. 25 ish minutes later where like the conversation has had almost kind of organically reached its conclusion. And towards the end of the conversation, I said, you know, Robin, I wanted to give you, you know, if you, I wanted to give you an opportunity if you wanted to share the gospel message with me. That's when he, that's when he did. Before that, he did not mention Jesus one single solitary time. That's the issue with presuppositionalism. It, it, like if, if you read, and I've, I've only read a little bit, but if you read Bonson, if you read Van Til, presuppositional apologetics is not designed, they never, and I, and Bonson took it to a place that I think Van Til didn't like. It, like if you, if you read some of the commentary, Van Til was not a fan of Bonson, uh, like towards the end. Um, if, if, if you read some of the commentary, um, Presuppositional apologetics is designed, and you you can you can hear like you can go into YouTube and click uh, find Greg Bonson videos where he says he says with his own his own lips, the the purpose of presuppositionalism is to shut the mouth of the unbeliever. That's a quote. Well, it's not, it's not to bring people to the cross. It it it, it it's not to share the gospel message. Right. And, and that's one of the primary, like, like, so I, like, I am an atheist. I am convinced, you know, that, that, that gods are made up, you know, but I, I can still go into these, these spaces and have these conversations, right. With people like you, like diametrically, we are diametrically opposed from a quote unquote worldview perspective. Right. And yet we can still have civil discourse because you're interested in civil discourse. Presuppositionalists are not. Well, I mean, I well, guess that would be I kind of like one, when I, when I, I hang, on Kyoto, we'll, hang, hang on Kyoto. We'll come right to you. Uh, I mean, you know, shut the mouth of the unbeliever. Um, it doesn't sound super nice if you're an unbeliever. Um, I, I mean, I think that would be akin to when I say, like, you know, take take metaphorical bullets out of their gun, uh, like, you know, kind of t- taking away their arguments. Um, so I, I don't hate that. It doesn't sound super kind. I get that. But, yeah, Kyoto, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I also, think... if their end goal was Jesus and they said that. But, yeah, go ahead. Well, I do share sympathies with Michael that I, I believe a lot of pre-suppers on this app, like, uh, suffer from, from that. And I'm not a pre-supp, by the way, but I do have sympathies because I came into the faith from pre-supp, like, teachers. Um, but, like, people like Durbin and, and, and Bonson are very concerned with 
with sharing the gospel. The reason why Bonson says the goal of apologetics is to shut the mouth of the, of the unbeliever is because it's an aspect of evangelism, which is defending the Christian faith, not presenting the Christian faith. Right. So he, he still is concerned with any necessity. He, say, he says it's, it's necessary to share the gospel with the unbeliever because that is entailed in the Christian worldview. So I don't think that that would be a, a, a fair criticism, especially because like, like, think about it. Think about like what Bonson is getting at. He's getting at like Romans 1, where it says they are left without excuse or they're unapologetic, like without an apologetic. Right. So there is like biblical warrant for there being this aspect of apologetics, which is to like disprove competing worldviews, which doesn't negate the necessity to spread the gospel. Uh, Michael? Sorry, give me one sec. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Anyone else have anything to say about? I'm a pre-supper. In in like worldview, but not an argument, or both. Maybe both. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, and it's funny because um, it's uh, funny enough, uh, Kyoto, you. You you quoted Romans one, <laughs> and his and his native full aware. That's you know it's one of the best ways to get quote unquote my Irish up, but like if you're, if you're, if in your discussion with someone, you are going to tell someone what they know without access to their private mental state, based on a book that the person you're talking to doesn't see any validity in. It's not. It's probably not wise to think that conversation's going to go anywhere. And that's a really long, drawn way of, of saying, if you tell me what I know based on a book I think is wrong, what do you expect me to do with that? Well, Michael, I think you missed a part where he was convinced into Christianity for this approach. So he finds it very valid because it works on him. Well, yeah, Kyoto, how did that, how did that happen? Because I'm always, I'm always interested, like I say, you know, I'm sure somewhere, like the presuppositional arguments have worked on someone but I've never firsthand like watched an encounter. Would you say it's usually like later when it happens, when like you hear the argument and maybe you're not super happy about it because they kind of like shut you into a corner well, no. or something. And then later when you think about it, you come around or how, how did that happen? No, I don't think that like somebody becomes a Christian because they hear good arguments. I think that somebody becomes a Christian because the gospel is preached to them and the Holy spirit um, regenerates them. Right. So I don't, I don't think that I was convinced because precept was such like a good argument or something like that. But I will say that I was I, the first time I put this in the chat. The first time I ever heard the gospel was from Jeff Durbin's videos and he everywhere preaches the gospel. Um, but I do, like I said, I do share some sympathies with Michael because I think a lot of precepts online um, don't do that like at all, which I think there's some validity, but I don't think it's universal to all precepts. I don't think it's like a precept problem. It's just sort of, those whom are like call themselves precepts uh, have that issue, but it's not like necessary. That might be fair to say. Yeah, it, it might be fair to say that I'm that I'm unfairly tarnishing everyone who follows the presuppositional apologetic. Um, and it might be fair to say that you know everyone that I've encountered. You are the second person that I've ever spoken to that has said they were convinced by the presuppositional approach. The other one was, is Mac, Mac Gruber, which I, I don't know if you're aware of, but I haven't seen him much. I'm not sure where he is, but, uh, and he actually says that he was convinced by ding dong, 
like by talking to sorry if you don't know who that is Darth Dawkins, uh, but I won't call him that. Um, uh, Ding Dong, like he he said he was actually became a Christian. He said he was an atheist, but he was probably never really an atheist um, because of the presuppositional approach as spouted by our friend Ding Dong. Wait, Michael, you question his atheism? I've never heard. Uh, yeah, that's what he said. Somebody yeah. said it's converted because of Darth before. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, don't want to talk ill of people not here, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and with most people, like you know, I, I, I'm sure there's got to be. Like, oh, and yeah, I agree with you, Kyoto. Like people, I don't think people like really come uh, to Christ because of just arguments like without the spirit of God drawing them to. And if they do, or if they say they do, that's usually when you, you, you know, we've, as has happened so too many times, like we'll meet someone who's new on this app. They're like, Oh, I just had some questions or yeah, I'm just kind of this or blah, blah, blah. Or they're like, I'm, I'm a Christian or I'm a atheist or whatever. And then like they bounce around all these rooms and get pulled through the ringer by Christians, atheists, Muslims, different kinds of Muslims, Hebrew Israelites, like some spiritual weird stuff. Um, and then like, it's like every time we see them a few weeks later, they're a different religion or something. And it's like, that's what compelling arguments do. Like if there's no like God behind it, then the best you can hope for is a compelling argument. That's going to like, you know, if you can be argued into one position, you can be argued out of it just as easy or just the same. So yeah, I I think uh, compelling arguments will only get you so far, but I mean, for Christianity, it really needs to be god behind it otherwise it's just not going to stick and you're going to like be like oh well this argument beats that argument i guess i'm this now for this week it's like a flavor of the week for like religion yeah and also just like a another testimony like well like like i say i don't call myself a precept anymore but i used to be and while i was in witnessing some believers uh i uh was 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 used to help convert somebody into into the faith part um, but that wasn't, I don't believe that that was through like my presuppositional argumentation. Um, I think that was through the preaching of the gospel and the enlightening of the Holy Spirit. We're not like Pelagian. Somebody can't just come to faith by like a syllogism. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I've, I've heard many, I've heard many believers say that, um, that you won't like, I think Chris would agree with the following statement you will not come to faith without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Will Chris agree? Correct. It'd be regeneration, so, I mean, precisely. Yeah, like, I, 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 don't, I don't see that as... That's what I believed when I was a Christian. Like, I believed the same thing, but I wasn't a silly Calvinist. Chris has been quiet too long, and we need to stir him up. Uh, Calvin, poke, poke. That's why. That's why I did it. That's I'm, why I poke. I'm I'm working at church, but yes, regeneration precedes. This is true, but compatibilism is false. Nah. I, I say you, Chris. I don't. I don't even know how to respond. Hmm. So are the libertarians. Oh, you guys are worse. Do you know any? <laughs> All right, so this is fun. 
I feel like everybody's See gone quiet because yeah. they're looking up they're looking up CRI videos after we talked about it. I feel like everybody's secretly got YouTube open and they're watching CRI videos. Wait, what videos? CRI? Yeah, the one the the uh, the one that uh, Chris mentioned a few minutes ago. I'm so lost. Are you talking about the Christian Answer Man guy? Yeah, yeah, the Answer Man. Yeah. Wait, how is CRI Christian Answer Man? Because it's Christian something. Uh, I, I oh, institute Christian, or something. Christian yeah, research. Yeah. Right, right, right. Oh. I, I get all those, you know, like you know, Discovery Institute, you know, Creation, you know, Institute for Creation Science. I get all these acronyms mixed up. So, um, so Mike, I have a question for you. So, I feel like about a decade ago, an atheist was usually defined as someone who doesn't believe there's enough evidence that God exists. And now I feel like the most common definition and the way people practice atheism is that they definitively do not believe God exists. So is that like a social media evolution or can can, can you share some thoughts with me on that? Or is my perception inaccurate? Well, Bubby wants to come share his thoughts, but he's going to have to hear me talk first. So, no, I, I wouldn't say it's social media. Uh, oh, I don't know if you were asking me or, or Michael or whatever. Uh, I was asking but, Michael, but you can sign in. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, well, let me channel my inner Michael real fast. Um, well, there Michael, you go. tell me how I do. So, so it's not a I mean, social media, maybe just made people more aware, but basically there's like a, a chart and it'll explain the difference in like theist, agnostic, atheist, and gnostic theist, ag the counterpart. So basically atheism is simply a, the espousal of a, a, a lack of a belief in a God or gods. That's atheism. So if you're like, and then you can be an agnostic atheist, which is you, you think, but aren't sure. Like you, you lack a belief and you think there probably aren't gods to the affirmative. Like you're a gnostic atheist. That's a very small people that will claim, like Michael, um, they know that there are no gods. They don't have proof of it, but they, they just they know it, they claim it. Then there's agnostic atheists that are like, well, I don't, I don't have a good reason to believe in a god. I don't have evidence. I just don't have a reason. So I'm an agnostic atheist um, thinking there probably isn't a god, but they don't claim to have knowledge of it. And then you have true agnostic, which is just like, I don't know. Uh, or, or then you have like agnostic theist, which is um, – you know, you believe in a god or gods, and you you don't know it though. You're like, well, I think they exist. I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't claim to know it. And then you have a gnostic theist who would be you know, like, I'll claim that. Um, I'll be like, well, yes, I I totally know. I can't prove yeah. it to you, but I just know Wait. that I know that this god of the Bible exists, and that would be a gnostic theist. You forgot. You forgot one thing. What do you call a person who believes there's no god but does not claim to know that this belief is true? Mm -hmm. I didn't. The agnostic, agnostic. Uh... Nate, this is right. an amazing high right. quality of, in which I can throw my voice. That's amazing, huh? So an agnostic <laughs> atheist, you've correctly identified it, Nate. I can well, be I one that. who believes there's no God, but does not claim to know that this belief is true. So when you say that the agnostic atheist is one, who's, one who lacks belief, that's not necessarily true. Okay, so Michael. Yeah. Okay, so my since I was channeling my Michael, how'd I do? Right. Okay, 85%? so so what you uh, about about eighty five? Yeah. So what you what you kind of did there was uh, it was kind of like the telling of a you know somewhat internet ish you know mimetic response, which is known which is sometimes known as the Richard Dawkins scale of atheism. Anybody can Google that and they'll see the seven points on that scale. Um, I, uh, I I say call yourself what you want and I'll address you accordingly. But what I would suggest everybody do is 
go to the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy and look up atheism. Now, don't do what our friend Ding Dong, I, we have to be careful not to say it, because if we say his name three times, he'll appear. He's like Beetlejuice. Um, Can't appear here. Don't do, yeah, don't do what he does, because what he does is read the first paragraph and then stop. If you continue to read the entirety of the entry, you'll le- you'll, you would learn, and he would learn too if he actually read it what the term actually means. The very first thing it goes into, the SCP goes into his definitions. And the first thing that it states is, the word atheism is polysemous, meaning it has multiple definitions. So it can be any one of those things, Nate, that you, um, you know, that, that you mentioned, right? Um, and so you can, you can have what it's kind of been dialed down to uh, from people that I've spoken to is kind of like, instead of seven, it's three. It's hard atheist, like me, right? Gods are made up. Soft, soft atheist, sometimes known as, you know, like uh, agnostic atheist, right? You know, uh, you know I'm, I'm not sure, but I live my life as if a god's not there. And then, you know, agnostic in the, in the middle of that, right? That's, that, that's been my experience of kind of how it's been dialed down from seven to three. Um, but typically what I like to do is I, is I talk to the person. They say, oh, you're an atheist. Oh, okay. And then I'll ask them a couple of questions like, you know, what type of atheism do you subscribe to? Are you more of a kind of a lack of belief person or are you, or do you take a stronger stance? And then however they answer me, that's how I address them. Because instead of prescribing onto someone what it is I think they believe, you're going to get much further by asking the person what it is they actually believe. Yeah, I do, Michael. But, but do you agree that the, that the person John, who believes John, I wasn't it? even talking to you. Well, I'm talking to you. I don't anyway, know why you like this discussion. Hang on. Do, do you guys not get along? Do I need to moderate? No, it's, no, it's not that. It's just, I was answering your question, Nate, and it's just like, whatever, oh. man. So do you agree, Michael, that a person who believes there is no God but does not claim to know that this belief is true is an agnostic atheist? Yeah, sure. If that's the way they identify, sure. I don't care. Hmm. Because, because Gnosticism is a claim about knowledge, and theism... Is, a, is about a god. So if you so if you look at the root words, like you look at you know gnosis versus anosis and theus versus atheos, right? Like th- that's how people put those words together. But like it said, like, I don't have any skin in that game. Call, if you want to call yourself a grand puppeteer, cool man. I don't care. I yeah. don't have any skin in that. I've game. been in this discussion for twenty five years, Michael. Do you know I've never asked an atheist if they believe in God? Do you know what I do ask thousands of times? Do you believe there's no God? And do you know what's interesting, Michael? I get both yes and no from so-called atheists. Now, now, so I don't go by labels. I just go by positions. Do you believe there's no God? Yes or no? Sometimes I get a yes. I'd say about 60% I get a yes. And about 40% I get a no. And each each answer uh, leads to other questions. And I find it very interesting when you go down this path. So, So to me, what I just heard is, you just said from a Christian perspective, the exact same thing I said from an atheist perspective. So do you? I mean, like you, Michael. If I asked you, do you believe there's no God? You would say yes. Yeah, gods are. Yeah, gods are made up. Right. But if I ask uh, an agnostic atheist, sometimes I actually get a yes. Sometimes okay. I get a no. Okay. I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I, I've. So the point is, the, agno- the the question of agnostic atheist never answers the question uh, of whether one believes there's no God or not. So, so this started with me. Well, hang on one second. I just want to clarify my question. 
So I, I because I, I started the conversation. So I'm still just trying to figure out what. How do you frame the person who says they just don't think there's enough evidence for God, so they are atheists? They're open to there being a God. They're open to that. They just say that right now they haven't seen enough evidence. How do you? What sort of atheism is? Well, again, I think honestly, it's like CEO. I think the best way to get clarification from that individual is to ask that individual a few more questions. Because in my mind, the person you just described is an atheist. But to somebody else, but that person might identify as an agnostic atheist. So, like honestly, like uh, there, there's that there's that line that was said. I think it was uh, it might have been in Dawkins' book, uh, God Delusion. But he kind of said, you know, like it's often been said that you know. Getting, you know, getting atheists to come together is like trying to herd cats, right? Because you'll find atheists on the right side of politics, on the left side of politics, and on every other issue, you'll find a varying degree of opinions and, and conclusions about things. The only thing, generally speaking, that an atheist, that a group of atheists will agree on is they don't believe gods exist. And then that belief will be on a scale of either hard or soft. So honestly, like, and I, I hope I'm answering your question, CEO. I'm really doing my best to, to, to answer it. My best suggestion would be to a person who says, who says to you what you said to me as that question is to ask them a couple more questions and find out the perspective they are exactly. coming from. CEO, there's, there's only the atheism is the answer to one question. Do you believe there's no God or do you lack that belief? It's as simple yeah, as that. I had a friend growing up that he I, and uh, we're going to go to Caleb too because he was here earlier and didn't get to talk, but um, or one or two, I think it was Caleb. Anyways, but I had a friend growing up and he just identifies agnostic with that exact description that Michael would call atheist and uh, and you called agnostic atheist. He's just like, yeah, I, I don't know if there's any gods. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. There's not evidence. I just agnostic. So that's how he identified. But Caleb, what's up? Hey, what's up? Sorry, I don't think I had my hand raised if you were trying to think of someone else. But I guess I'll just say that I don't really, I try not to get into these semantic things about agnostic versus atheist versus theist. Like, I think it's just kind of subjective in terms of how each person does it. So I just, I kind of do what Michael's. I just ask them, what do you believe? And then just go off of that rather than trying to be like, well, you know, who has the burden of proof and all that stuff. I think it's fine if Christians want to have the burden of proof. I mean, I don't see why they should be against that. I think that's the whole point of evangelism, right, is that you are the bearer of the message, you should be the one presenting it. So I don't, I guess I just don't see why. Yeah, but Caleb, changing. rather than asking what they believe, it's, it's good to be specific. Do you believe there's no God? It's a very simple, straightforward question. Well, and if they just say, I don't believe in God, I mean, but you are no, right. No, there's a difference between the answer to the question. Do you believe there's no God? I don't but there's a difference between positive and negative atheism, though, because you can say negative atheism. Well, is, like I just I don't said, think there's labels evidence. don't and matter. Labels don't matter. Irrespective of what you call yourself, sir. Do you believe there's you, no God? Well, you know what? It's how many times, I mean, it sounds like for you guys, this comes up quite a lot. And then probably we're going to go to you, uh, Asian girl. Um, but the amount of times I ask people what they believe are almost never like this morning was the first time I asked that one, the first guy that was just nuts, what he believed. Um, I almost never do that. I don't know if that's because I'm impersonal and emotionally detached from the world. <laughs> Maybe bad. But usually they just like ask their questions and, you know, I'll just start spitting out answers. And, you know, it'll usually become apparent, um, you know, in a pretty, pretty vague, but, you know, like you may not know what kind of atheist, but you get a hint that, well, it's some kind of thing that doesn't believe in God. Um, or if it's a different religion, it's like, well, it's some sort of thing that doesn't believe in the Christian God. Um, but 
personally, I almost never ask anyone what they believe. I, I just, you know, they ask a question, I spit out an answer. But what do you, where do you stand, Bubs? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I don't really find too much with it. Uh, the I, I guess I would say for the most part, like, thank God it finally happened. Like, it's not just a social media phenomenon. When I was an atheist, this was a fight that was happening still. The lack theist versus the full-on denial. And thank God the people that were full-on denial apparently won, according to you, based off what you've seen so far. Because the lack theists were the main people that the atheists were fighting like two seconds ago when I was an atheist. Because we just got annoyed with them. It just felt like a very cowardly position. We were just like, Oh, like if we were to make a comparison, it'd be kind of like a like a cat hiding its tail would be more so what the lack theist is just like oh no no I I, I just don't I just lack a belief I don't I don't deny it but I don't accept it well, I just lack a belief we looked at them like a cat with their tail hidden and then the people that were just like yeah no I just don't believe it flat out like the way that Michael puts it I respect Michael for putting it that way. Because he actually puts forth a position that's contendable. The other one is just kind of like a infinite get-out-of-jail-free card just by saying, whoa, whoa, I don't know, bro, I don't know. And we just got annoyed with it. So well, it's but not why are we punishing on... people for being candid and about where yeah, they I mean, are? Is, like, some yeah, things I mean, in life are being candid. Like, well, I mean, if they are, I mean, if they're doing it to, like, you know, wiggle out of a debate, then, yeah, it is, as you say. But if they're, I mean, if they're really, like, Bro, sincerely, I just don't know. They're, it's they're, like, all right, well, well, thanks for your honesty. They're not very candid when you ask them, do you believe there's no God? Well, there's a, they, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. They're not candid. Not candid. Well, no, hey, like hey, the hey, people Bubby is talking about. But do you think yeah, they also yeah. yeah. People here in Clubhouse actually are, are look at disdain uh, for what's called a lactheist. But well, then John, you've got, you... like, pet terms, like, you've got igtheism and all, all this other stuff. It's like, well, if there is a god, it's so much, and we don't understand it, and it's this god thing, and, like, I mean, you've got branches of stuff, too. Yes, and you have degrees of confidence as well, right? Like, you can, be, I mean, there's the gumball analogy, it's famous, right? We can say, do you believe that there's an even number of gumballs? And if you don't know how many are in there, you say, oh, I don't believe that, but that doesn't mean that you believe there's an odd number. You could just say, I don't know, and you're basically saying it could be equally about, you know, 50-50, like... I don't have any, I don't have one way or the other, right? I feel like if that's your position of God, it's like, I think it's equally as likely as not. And that's something different. But I feel like Michael and most atheists, at least from my experience, wouldn't just say, I think it's equally as not. They're, they would probably say, I think it's, they're insinuating that it is more likely than not that God does not exist. No, I mean, that it's, 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 I mean, I think it's somewhat apt, but I mean, I think that there is a point to that to say that if you think it's like 60, 40, or you think it's above 50, then I think there needs to be something there that tips you off in terms of positive evidence for that position. And that's fine. And I think that's what people do. If you think like, that I don't think so, but yeah. maybe. Because yeah, it's not, because with most things, it's not just that I don't have, like if it, you say, do you believe in fairies? And I say, no, it's not just that I don't have evidence for fairies. It's also, I think yeah. that I have good evidence against it. The fact that people mistake things, the fact that people make up stories, like there's lots of reasons positive to be suspicious, not yeah. just the fact that there's no evidence. For it, it is either well, the case, you believe there's no God, or you lack that belief. It is a true dichotomy. Yes. And that's the question that's not answered by the word atheist. 
Yeah. So, so, so Caleb, I think what I hear you saying is that you don't think anyone is truly 50, 50, they either at least slightly lean one way or the other. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I think that they can truly be 50, 50, but I don't know if I would say that they would be an atheist. I mean, I guess that the definition of just, they don't believe that God exists maybe, but you know, but I, I do think that most people, when they think of the term, they are implying that they think it's more likely than not that God does not exist. And so there it'd be slightly over 50 on the on the negative end right so just as if you said i believe god exists but that you're so right I, you can be 50. out of thousands of people i've asked caleb i'd say about 60 percent say yes they believe there's no god and about 40 percent say no of those who identify as atheists right and i don't have an issue with that but i don't see i don't think it's overly helpful in the long run in terms of like great okay you think that there's no god like, where do we go from there? I don't oh, I think very, very good. So, okay, sir, you believe that there's no God. My next question is usually, is your belief based upon any evidence? Yes. And I think it would have to be if you're going to say it's not 50 50. And, I, you know, and they could give reasons for that, um, unless it's like an unfalsifiable notion of God to which you can just make it shape to whatever evidence you present, right? Like a deist God is very hard to, to disprove, a God who just creates things and then steps aside and then doesn't care about people because you can't use problem of evil you can't use divine hiddenness against it that only argument you could use against it is like a simplicity argument that like grandma Oppie uses about uh, like well natural explanations are just de facto better and have a history so that's it's more likely so you could still do that but that that itself is an argument for atheism if you're going to take that approach I mean the, well the, what i respect about people who are on clubhouse they're they're philosophical atheists they're not they're not the Aaron Ra, uh, you know, Matt Dillon type atheists. Yeah, and I would just say, John, maybe like try, at, maybe, or maybe I've done this, just ask them when they say, I just don't believe God exists. And ask I them, never like, asked that question, but, ever. Yeah. Not in 25 years. No, okay. I'm saying if they say that, if you say, do you believe there is no God? And they say, well, no, I just lack belief. that like they push back against it, then, then I would clarify, do you think that it's equally likely as not that God does they, not exist? They, they lack there's belief no in what? Wait, they lack belief in what? That there's no God? That's no, the they just question. lack belief in God. I don't. Well, if they lack belief, there's no, no I God. I don't ask that question. Okay, okay hang on, God. hang on. I'm, I'm ready to crawl out of the mind of the atheist for a little bit. Um, does anyone else down there have a question about God or Christianity at all? Uh, this can continue if no one has a question, but if anyone does, please, let's uh, crawl out of the mind of the atheist. Um, somebody has something to say. Um, awesome. What's up say. and welcome. What's up? Yeah, um, like, here's the thing I don't get. Isn't it just a matter of faith, which you can't prove? It's just almost an attitude of mind that you decided to take, right? Like I think th I'll tell you, an attitude of mind. Oftentimes, I get the person to say, acknowledge that their belief that there's no God is not based upon any evidence, and therefore they have the faith that there is no God. Sometimes I get to that point. Was that your question? No. I, it was, uh, just correct me if I'm wrong, it would seem ultimately irrelevant to prove something that you believe through faith. So, right, so you're not, talking about atheist, you're not talking about atheists having faith, you're talking about like religious people having faith. Yeah, and then, but, yeah. but atheists would say to Christians, well, you don't have any evidence, Well, that's not the point. Like, like you're talking well, two different things. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's not the point ultimately, but I mean, we do have some evidence, right? So I mean, evidence is subjective. So, for example, yeah, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So there has to be an element of faith. 
which perhaps is why we can't drag Jesus out of the sky and throw him on a Petri dish. So there has to be an amount of faith. Otherwise, you can't please God. That being said, it's not like we're in a totally void and have zero evidence. So, you know, running through the mill, I mean, we'll have, you know, eyewitness testimony. We have the Bible. We have historical accounts. We have archaeological data. We have anthropology. Like, we, ha we have natural uh, evidence. And then also people that, you know, claim to have spiritual awakenings or spiritual realizations. Or like myself, I'd be like, yeah, my eyes were spiritually opened. It's like another sense. Like, I prayed. God revealed himself. Like, it's not some mysterious woo thing. It's just like, huh. All the, it, it just like that. Like, I'm keenly aware the spiritual world exists. Um, you know, I can't prove it to people. I can't let them experience my experiences. But yes, I mean, natural, spiritual, like all these other types of evidences, subjective as it may be, um, doesn't mean we have like blind faith that we're like, well, I guess I'll just believe in a God because the book says to. Like, I think we, we can have very good um, or very bad evidences for that. Um, so, you know, subjective evidences should not be a bad word, but people act like it is. Um, but we, I mean, we live our lives by subjective evidence all the time. Um, anyways, that, that's what I'd say. So yeah, you do have to have faith, but it's not like a total blind faith. Yeah, it's a good answer too, because I think if you just have blind faith and you can't say one view is better than the other, like what's the point of evangelizing with blind faith? Because the Muslim, if they just appeal to blind faith as well, then you just have two people advocating for blind faith and how, you know, there's no way to say one's better over the other if you don't have a symmetry breaker with some kind of evidence or argument. So I, I agree. You can have faith, but it needs to be like inferential. You don't have to be certain. You can have faith in your wife, even if you don't, you know, you don't have to track her constantly and know that she's not cheating on you, but you're not just assuming that either because you know her and you, you've developed experience that kind of informs your future opinions about her. So I think it's based on experience. You're putting faith in the things that you don't know for certain in the future. Um, so it's not just it, it, is blind faith. Because here's the thing, I, here's, here's my issue. Um, it would seem like blind faith and faith, what's the difference? Like, you, it's like saying you're pregnant or you're mini pregnant. Like you, you're pregnant or you're not. It seems like you would have faith or you don't have faith. Like right. The whole well, point of faith is to just be like, I, I don't have any evidence. I'm just going to throw myself into this. Right, but when is it okay to believe something on faith and when is it not, right? Because there are things that you would probably agree that you shouldn't just believe on faith. Like if people just didn't, you know, ever take medicine because they just had faith they'd get better, then that's going to be bad because a lot of people are going to get sick. So there are some things you probably should not just take on faith that you really do need pretty good evidence before you just take – or if you just have faith that the poison I'm going to give you is not going to kill you, right? A lot of things you could think of, but it, well, I think it's – yeah, well, go ahead. Well, to the, to the pregnant analogy, I mean if someone's in their first trimester and they don't look pregnant – you're taking it on faith, like, okay, well, you tell me you're pregnant, and I, maybe, I mean, I don't, like, okay, sure, you're pregnant, where it doesn't see it. If they're at nine months pregnant, you're like, um, well, <laughs> I mean, I can have faith, I mean, there could be an alien something growing in there, um, but I mean, you know, it doesn't take a lot of faith to believe you're pregnant. So, I mean, that would be the difference of blind faith and, you know, faith with evidence. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty darn apparent um, someone's pregnant at nine months, where at, like, one month, you're like, ah, okay, I'm taking a lot on faith here. At nine months, it's like, okay, I'm yes, I'm taking it on faith. But at this point, it's very little faith and very much evidence. Uh, Gavin, did you have something to say? Welcome, Gavin. How are you speaking, Gavin? Are you running and, like, jumping over your couch to hit your mute button? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, this is a great topic. 
And and um, one one of the things that we can be sure of as theists, and also one of the things we can be sure we can be sure about with atheists is that atheists, because they don't hold to biblical absolutes, they can never know anything with complete certainty. They can't know anything with complete certainty. Whereas the theist, the Christian, we know with complete certainty that the Bible is truth. Now, why do we know the Bible is truth? Because truth became incarnate in Jesus Christ and walked amongst us in the first century 2,000 years ago. The only way the atheist is going to debunk that is try and claim that Jesus never lived. So, as Christians, we can be certain of certain things, like God is real, Jesus died, Jesus resurrected on that Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit is real. Um, everything to do with Christianity is real and not just made up in our minds. Anything to add, CEO? And by the way, if anyone else wants to jump on stage, I'm sending out some random invites. Uh, feel free to raise your hand or chat uh, something. Oh, there we go. There's some takers. Um, uh, I, I do have a question for Christians, uh, Nate. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Rafes, and then we've got some other people. What's it's just a question about sheep and and goats. I've been talking to a lot of Christians lately about that. And it seems to me a lot of Christians are telling me that you're a goat, and once you believe, you become a sheep. And so I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Do you, Nate, believe that we're goats, and once we believe, we become a sheep? I think it's worth talking about until uh, tensions start to flare, because that would be something that where it says, you know, uh, warn them before, or like, uh, warn you before God, like, don't get into these like useless corals that like breed like cancer and ruin all those who hear. So if it's going to like, you know, you're a goat and until you're believe and then you're a sheep, um, fine. If someone says, well, actually, you're always a sheep. It's just not realized until you're like regenerated, but you've always been a sheep, maybe just like a dirty sheep. Um, I'm like, okay, that's fine too. So that, that's what I think. I think it's worth talking about um, until the point where tension starts to rise, and then it's uh, worth stepping away from. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, random, what's up, random? Oh, I would. I'm curious about the 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 kind of talk about certainty. Um, I'm curious why there's so much uh, weight placed on certainty because there are plenty of situations that I've experienced wherein someone is very certain, or you might say 100% certain, uh, that a thing is the case, and then turns out it isn't the case. So so why is there so much importance placed on certainty? Because this is... Uh, well, from the Christian standpoint... Go ahead, Bubs. Uh, Go because, say it again. Yeah, because the reason it's so important to be certain, at least in these cases, is we're literally dealing, at least from our perspective, we're dealing with our eternal souls here. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, important I get this right and I'm certain about what I believe. Because if I'm not, kind of putting myself at an eternal risk here. And I don't like that. So that's why most of us take it kind of seriously. Well, and also from the Christian perspective, it's like if you're if you're a Bible believing Christian, like the Bible, you know, talks about, you know, guaranteeing you're saved and guaranteeing your salvation and, you know, having this confidence. So it's like the only like the reason to be it's not. Not that we promote being certain for certainty's sake or just for the heck of it, 
but it's it's biblically accurate. So if you espouse to be a Bible believing you know Christian um, who believes the Bible, well, the Bible talks a lot about you know being certain and being confident. Um, so there's really no reason not to be. So someone's like, well, I, I guess I believe this stuff, but I'm not really sure. Um, that would be a fine position, except the Bible would kind of disagree and be like, well, no. If you, I mean, if you believe Christ and you put your faith in Him, then you know. So th that would be why it's not just like um, from some like um, how do I say it? Not not just for like um, to get in the club. It's like we have to be really certain because that's required. It's like that. That's not the approach. It's like well, if you believe the Bible, that's why certainty matters because the Bible says you can be certain. What degree of certain? So I, I hate having to do these numbers, but like I'm curious. Like, would you say it's for a Christian sixty forty? Like, you know, I, I you know, I think the persuaded Christianity is true, but I still have doubts. But I'm still going to, I'm still going to pray, and I'm still going to go to church, and and sincerely like believe it because like that I I want it to be true, and I think it's likely. But they're not, but they still give it that they. So I, I often say because. Well, you're kind of breaking up. I thought you were done. Hey, you were chopping up a little bit. Okay. Uh, that was chopping you too. But I hope you're – are you able to hear? Are you listening? Or did he say he was on a call? Anyway, like it's hard to know unless you're in that situation. But I, I often like to say like instead of being like, well, I'm 110% certain. It's like, okay, well, let's be real. Like you know, the, the disciples who were martyred, I mean they were obviously certain enough to the point of death. So I like to think, you know, I'm not in a hurry to find out. Please don't do this. But if someone's like, you know, put a gun to your head, like how certain are you? You know, if I pull this trigger and you die, you're going to be in heaven. I'll be like, forget that. Just pull the trigger. If you're going to pull the trigger, do the trigger. That's how certain I am. So without trying to like assign a number or something like that, be like, look, if you're going to do that, if you want to like test my faith, I guess I'm certain enough, pull the trigger. That's what I like to think would happen in that situation. So I'll never know unless I'm in it. Not in a hurry to find out. But that's how that's how certain I would say I think I am. What's up, sheep? D didn't mean to get super dour there. Hey, what's up? You're good. What's on your mind? I think that was well said. Uh, I mean, if we read, I think Ooh, you're chopping up pretty bad. Yeah. Can you get a better reception somewhere? Oh, no, that's awful. Yeah, uh, Get a couple more bars. Uh, John, what do you think about that? What do you think about certainty? Oh. Say a sentence, sheep. Say a whole sentence. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes. But, yeah, I would say, now, I think we, we are given... Ah, dang it. Yeah, you're going to need to get better uh, better service. But uh, I don't know. What do you think about that, guys? John or anyone else? Um, about, how about certainty? I mean, yeah. How certain would you in be? philosophy, they talk about philosophical certainty and psychological certainty. And so when it comes to psychological certainty, we can be fallible in what we're sure about. But when it comes to philosophical certainty, we can't be wrong. For example, uh, like... Uh, Bachelors being unmarried men, uh, we can't be wrong about that. Things like that. All right. Let's see. 
Anyone else down there want to speak, or anyone up here want to say anything? Bubs, how certain are you? Pretty certain. What's up, Vanuel? The conversation lives or dies with you. All right, well. Anyone Can you else? hear me now, or is this still bad? I hear you now. That's better. Perfect. Um, so I was saying uh, was that I think with, with certainty, like, I, I think we are putting our faith in God, right, to, well, and then, uh, for example, in a Christian God, uh, because it's, the scripture tells us that he is, he is the one, right? Uh, but when it comes to faith, I think the, the scripture kind of defines it well, where, like, as Christians, we're having faith in something that we believe it exists, but we cannot see. Right. So we know that based on the scripture that we are convinced that God exists and, you know, the, the triune God exists. And thus we have faith in him, hoping one day we'll see him as he has promised. And so I think that's what I would say is I wouldn't say like I don't I wouldn't say like, oh, I have I, I don't I never had doubts. Like we do, and Satan does that a lot in our, in our minds. Uh, but like the moment you give yourself up and the spirit is leading you, then it's kind of you're really having faith in something you know or you're certain and somewhat uh, that he exists, but you know, you have not seen him yet. I don't know if that makes sense. What's up, Walter? What's up, Nate? What's up, everybody? What's, what you got for us? About the certainty question? Yeah, or anything else? No, but the certainty question is 100%. I mean, it's pretty simple. Christ existed and uh, Christ is the man. We have another topic of interest. If I may, uh, so what is the relationship between certainty and faith? Well, Christ. Ooh, that's controversial. Yeah, I mean, faith is not a certainty. It's more of a confidence. It's an assurance. It's a trust. And so certainty would be more akin to what's knowledge. And and we see that there, although faith is not knowledge, uh, they are both beliefs. And, and they're not mutually exclusive. And so we see in John 6, 6, 9, it says that we have come to believe, pistis, which is faith, and, and to know, gnosko, which is knowledge, that you are the Holy One of God. And so so uh, the certainty applied in that particular statement would be the knowledge part. Follow up, random. John, would you also put certainty as like being led by the spirit? I guess like the spirit giving you the knowledge of who God is. And then, you know, faith is something that we hope to see or something that we haven't seen yet. Or how, how would you put that? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the translations, uh, maybe an older translation of uh, uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1, uh, yeah, the 
faith would be described as how, how you're talking about that things that the evidence of things not seen. Uh, Kyoto, you well, were going to say something? Or, go ahead, Randy. Well, it, 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 I guess discussing the distinction between the two is, is certainly very relevant to the question. But also, I guess my, my question is more focused on, like, what is the relationship as, as they interact? Uh, does one have an effect on the other? Well, I mean, I would say, like, and I'll let Kyoto talk, too, because he missed a, missed a spot a minute ago. But, um, I mean, so if we say, like, you know, whoever said 100% confident or had faith or whatever, I would agree with that. But it's like faith, because you have to have faith without, you know, without faith, you can't please God. So to say you're 100% certain or 100% confident, um, that still doesn't take away having faith, because it's not like we have empirical, testable, repeatable Jesus data. So it's like we're supremely, or, you know, we could be... Um, misled or misspeaking or you know i mean that's another option too um i don't think that for me but you know who would um but that's that's what i would say so just because we say we're 100 percent confident yet we don't have the the type of evidence that would normally make someone 100 percent confident because you know we could have a brain aneurysm or we could have something else or there could be some other reason so it's like we're supremely confident yet we don't have the type of evidence that it would normally require for someone to be 100 percent confident yet we make the claim we are so that's how you can have total certainty, yet it's still a faith position, um, if that's what you're looking for with the relation. But uh, Kyoto, what did you want to say a minute ago? I was going to say that, um, at least in my tradition, there is disagreement on whether or not assurance or certainty of salvation is of the essence of, of faith, like a, whether it is essential to true faith to be assured in your salvation. The Dutch seem to take that view. And like the the English take the view that um, assurance is is something that is wrought and worked at over time, and can be lost and marred. So um, different different people have different opinions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is not one size fits all. Like, talk to ten people, you'll get twelve answers. By the the way, thing about to... faith is you you can have faith and no longer have faith. But you can have uh, knowledge and no longer have knowledge. I was just going to say, sorry, I had to step out because I had a phone call for work. But So if you had said something profound, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was profound, but I said something. Okay, great. I forgot what it was now, so sorry. <laughs> so just, just so I can kind of clear up uh, any understanding uh, I guess my question maybe I can relate it to something then um, so I have knowledge due to experimentation or claimed knowledge due to experimentation on say gravity all right does is there a faith component involved in that uh, in of that certainty or is it something else uh, those I would say you of things are well, for, uh, oh go ahead I mean, for gravity, I mean, you could say it's faith. There's probably better words, but I mean, at this point, like you could say you have faith, but it's like such a minuscule amount of faith required to think that the world's not going to like, you know, have reverse anti-gravity or something. So, I mean, you could say there's like some element of faith, but I mean, there's probably a better word to use, but sure. It's just like faith versus evidence. The faith is very, very, very little is required because you have so much testable, repeatable evidence. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I was going to say, when you have testable, repeatable, uh, observable, repeatable types of evidence, 
Uh, this is inductive and therefore is probabilistic in nature. And therefore the, the knowledge that you're claiming is probabilistic. Not only so, it's also provisional and revisable. Uh, therefore you can't really call it like a, a philosophical certainty. So it's a psychological certainty, using your words from before. It has to be a psychological certainty because because of the very nature of it, a knowledge being true, a true belief, uh, you have a you have a certain uh, assessment of uh, being uh, having the the understanding that it would be perverse to withhold provisional assent, and so that would be the understanding that this this uh, that this knowledge is probabilistic in nature. And so then relating that, uh, do you then put your kind of certainty on this mat on the on the God matter in psychological or, or uh, philosophical? Well, I mean, I think we would be put it in philosophical in terms of uh, God being revelatory, and revelatory uh, is representative of being made known. And so whatever God is revealing to us is made known. God ensures that infallibly that two fallible creatures, uh, this knowledge. And so uh, that can't be wrong, in other words, whether it's God's existence, whether it's uh, Christ's uh, resurrection, uh, things like that. We just can't be wrong. I guess I guess I'm 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 struggling to see the philosophical root of of the God claim, yeah. especially yes. especially as it pertains, mm -hmm. especially as it pertains to the uh, the like the resurrection and like the claims of the support of the resurrection is not a are not philosophical claims. They're they're evidential claims. Yeah. So why well. would that not fall into the category of psychological? Well, a person doesn't believe. I mean, there are minimal facts, arguments, things like that, right? And these are sort of probabilistic, right? Uh, uh, arguments for a resurrection. However, uh, for the Christian, it, it is not because of the investigation of these things uh, that we come to the the conclusion that the resurrection is true. What, what I'm saying is that we believe that God is a necessary prerequisite for knowledge, and therefore God being necessary uh, it is that knowledge that God imparts of, uh, by revelation is is such that we cannot uh, fail to uh, um, uh, be wrong about it. But that that and yeah, and, and that philosophical conclusion does require kind of an assumption up front, right? Well, well it begins uh, with God. Uh, as the necessary precondition for right, the assumption that God is the necessary precondition. Mm -hmm. okay. Sure, sure. That's not an assumption. That's you can logically conclude that, given the definition of God. Good morning, concrete. What up, mate? 
Right, but there are differences between presuppositionalists, classicists, and, and evidentialists who have different opinions on that. Presuppositionalists would say, yes, certainty is like definitionally kind of inquired with that just because God would have to be true by definition, all this stuff. Whereas evidentialists do it from more of a statistical probabilistic approach. It's like, well, it's not certainty, but we can say it's, you know, with whatever degree of probability or with, with confidence. So well, different, different theologies on that. Well, when you look at Romans 1, though, Caleb, it's talking about the, it's known to you because God has made it known to you. And so we have there an a, uh, a priori understanding. It's innate. It's intuitive, right? But it's also manifest by the things that are made. That's evidential. And so there is this situation where both uh, a priori and a, a posteriori are involved, and it is both presuppositional and uh, evidential. Sure, they're not mutually exclusive, but I'm just saying that evidentialists would deny that the a priori point. This is where I take out my sign that just says repent and believe the gospel. Amen. 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 Good morning, baptized. You know what's so crazy? Like, you're chopping out pretty bad. You're chopping out real bad concrete. Um, what Jesus is saying there. You were cutting out really bad concrete. We didn't hear you. What's up, Baptize? Um, good morning. Hi, everybody. Um, you know, in Matthew 11, 11, uh, Jesus said, All that been born of a woman, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. On earth... Was John the Baptist greater than Jesus? John the Baptist is not greater than Jesus. Cause, cause oh, we have two concretes. He... Nah, it ain't but one. He an imposter. What up, though? <laughs> so, so it's really two different people? What you mean, two different people? There's two yeah. concretes. Yeah, he's not the. He's, yeah, he's not the. The plus he must have. <laughs> he must have got it from me. I've been concrete on this out like three years. He, he's an impostor, but it's all good. It's all good. I just, I, I just wanted to hear him tell a lie, and I figured he was going to do that. I'm, I'm just not understanding uh, how you guys have the answers, and I never hear correct answers. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the, you know, anything could be an answer, but don't mean it's correct. How do you know it's correct well, sure. if you heard it? Well, I know, well, you know, to be respectful, uh, you know, I left this out. You know, I leave and come back, and the conversation never changed. But, you it's know, when I think. in the wilderness? Well, we all are, aren't we? Yeah, we all are. But uh, I just asked, you know, say, ask a question. Uh, ask a Christian. Y'all say y'all got the answers. And when I ask you a specific question, is Jesus God the Father? Y'all say yes, right? No. Jesus is God. Jesus is not the Father. There's your correct oh, answer. Okay. Okay. So he is God. Yes. Okay. So let me ask this. When he told the people, doesn't it say in your law that you are gods? Was he saying that we are the God or that we are a God? Nope, neither. That's a harken back to Mount Sinai where they got the commandments and these are people set apart 
So uh, it was an elevation, like an elevatory thing. Not that they're actual deities, but they are set apart. That's the context of that. It's a harken back to Mount Sinai when they got the commandments to the Israelites. Right. No one is saying they are gods in the same way Jesus says before Abraham was, I am. Oh, so you don't. Well, let me break. You mind You're getting I... correct answers all over the place today. No, no, no. No, no, not really. You said when he made a statement before Abraham knew my coming, I am. That what you just said? Before Abraham was, I am. Do you know what that means? I know what that means. Okay. And me. I think you know what it means, too. You just deny no, it. No, no, no. I know what it means. I just want to know if, if we... He if says, we how are you, a man that's not even like 50 years old, you know, say that, you know, you're before Abraham or you're older than Abraham or whatever. And he says, before Abraham was, I am. That is a harken back to Exodus where uh, Moses says, uh, what, what do I tell the people your name is? Who do I tell them sent? And he says... Tell them, I am sent you. And then he goes on to say that his name is Yahweh. He says, tell them, I am sent you. The same way, that's exactly what Jesus is talking about in Exodus when Jesus says it in John. Well, you know, my and, name and, is... and of course, and of course, uh, Genesis where right God says, and men became, men became like us, to know good and bad, right? Uh I guess that's that's what I was I was I mean I might well have a conversation with with NATO what's going on I don't want to be disrespectful. Well, we're throwing scriptures at you. Yeah, he's giving you so, good cool, answers. Cool. It's a cool, cool conversation. Yeah, it's all good. Okay, cool. So let's. I want to just deal one thing at a time, if I may, because I try to be concrete when I speak, uh, not be asphalt. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, when that was said, when he said before Abraham, I am. So you and. 10 when yet when Yeshua said that he was speaking of himself or was he speaking of his father because himself. you know his father is the I am it's not him his father is the I am not him it is it, both are correct how can both be correct because both are God and don't forget the Holy Spirit so when okay, about, well, when you're talking about when you're talking about God I am uh, Jehovah Yahweh you're talking about the father son and Holy Spirit. Well, again, like I said, you you're really not answering. Just because you don't, I, I literally did. But just because you don't like the answers doesn't no, make no, them no. false. Like, well, <laughs> let me let me show you. Let me show you it's false. I guarantee you. Another three month break. I've well, got about five minutes before I call it a day. I'll be back here tomorrow, though. But yeah, we got about five minutes for this. Okay. Well, show me how. Oh, I, why am I doing this to myself? Is this the long suffering the Bible talks about? Maybe you're supposed to have the fruit of the spirit, unless your unless your fruit kind of rotten. I don't know. But I'm cross, literally cross. demonstrating my forbearance right now. This is painful. But go ahead, concrete. Indulge. Uh, that wasn't me. Thank you for indulging me in the pain. What I wanted to uh, understand: you're saying Jesus is God, and so is so they're all equal, all cohabitating, all eternal, right? Right. Sure. I, I, I want to be easy, but I don't want you to be like, gotcha. So let me just, no, I, I, mean, I, I, I want to say, I, I want to well, okay. Well, I want to say yes for an easy answer. But if you want to talk about equality, like Philippians two, six says Jesus, you know, being equal with God in every way, God didn't count his equality, something to be taken advantage of. Instead, he humbled himself and took the form of a servant. So just to say, yes, totally equal, totally co-eternal. But uh, instead of taking advantage of his equality, he become a servant just to preempt that. Okay. Right, so with your definition, then Jesus the should know the same thing the Father know, right? Sure. And only the but Father knows the hour. 
But that's old father knows the hour. See, you won't let me finish talking. See, the, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible say when the disciples ask Yeshua, when is this coming? He said, no man knoweth, not the son, not the angel, but the father only. So can you explain to me how the son or Jesus being the God, equal, co-equal, uh, what y'all call it, hap, uh, deutimus or whatever those words y'all use, uh, hypostatus, whatever. I don't know, hypostatus, oh, whatever those Catholic words y'all use. Why does the Bible say <laughs> I don't use those words, nor am I Catholic. So okay. it sounded like it sounded like Walter, Walter wanted to jump in, but I'll say Philippians 2, 6. Didn't count equality something to be grasped. Jesus totally knows. However, you know, when you he talk, I didn't interrupt you, bro. I didn't interrupt you when you spoke to me. None of you. I don't interrupt. I, I didn't. Are, what's happening right now? You Nothing. finished your question and no, I started answering it and you say I'm interrupting. I wasn't. Okay, well, we're done. I mean, you literally asked the question and I started answering and you accused me oh, of interrupting. That's better. So, anyways, no, one concrete. That's good. Okay. Oh, me. Lord. So, I mean, that, that's that was great. in another universe for a second there. I, I mean, this. I keep saying, like, you know, this is Christian hell. This, I mean, if you're a Christian, this room may be the closest to hell you'll ever get. Uh, Nate, you didn't answer my question oh, in Matthew eleven eleven, where Jesus said, "All that's born of a woman, there's no one greater than John the Baptist." What did he mean by that? He's not talking about himself. Jesus is greater than John. John himself recognizes and says, "Here comes one who am I'm not even worthy to lace his sandals." So Jesus is not, is not talking about himself he's talking about all these other men all these other people in humanity none greater than none greater than john jesus and is not saying john is greater than jesus moses. and also was showing john that he is, he's not but according I to jesus either, is john the baptist greater than moses from what he said in matthew eleven eleven. yes okay for that reason then wouldn't it be important to first study John the Baptist before you start to understand who Jesus is? No. Repent and believe yeah. the gospel. Then study John and Moses and Peter and everyone as much as you want. Repent, believe the gospel, receive eternal life. Jesus freely gives it to anyone who wants it. Get that and then study whoever you want. Or read the New Why Testament and see what John Jesus is telling us God, to do. If John the Baptist testified Jesus was the chosen one, the son of God. So why do you believe Jesus is God if you deny what John the Baptist uh, preached? No one's denying what John the Baptist preached. We deny your strangling of the scripture of it. Yeah, but you deny that God said Jesus is his son at the baptism of Jesus. So why do you believe Jesus is God when God said, this is my son? No one denies that. Well, you deny that Jesus, you, you, you believe Jesus is God, though, right? Yeah, God the but, Son. But God himself says Jesus is his son. So why do you believe Jesus is God? That's why John the Baptist is the greatest, because he came to testify Jesus is the son of God, not God. So you might have to change your view if you want to follow scripture. Wow. Baptized, I don't have to change my view. I would have to... Um... Well, you call God myself. a liar if you believe Jesus is hey, God. You because God about is the stars. Oh, baptize? No, it's going. He's the only member. Baptize, you know. Like, I know. I mean, I don't trust you, but I, I have faith in you. See, that's faith with, like, no evidence. But I know you've heard our positions so many times. If you wanted I to, I, I believe you could tell our position to us 
without trying to say, oh, we're calling God a liar and all this other stuff. You know what we believe, and you know what you're doing is lying, or you seriously have a comprehension problem. But when in John 1, 6, 7, Scripture says, there was a man sent from God, his name was John, he came as a witness to testify about the light, and through him all might believe. And John testified, Jesus is the Son of God. So why do you believe Jesus is God if Scripture says that there's a witness, his name is John the Baptist, he says Jesus is not God, the Son of God. So no, why do you believe Jesus is God? Because actually the Lamb of God comes, comes to take away the sins of the world. Yeah. Let's get deeper into it. The, the, the fact is you're wrong, and you have to change your mind if you want to. John the Baptist who's taking okay, away Okay, you know, I want to say this is where Michael the Archangel, why does this keep coming up so much today? Uh, you know, talks to Satan and says, the Lord rebuke you. I mean, you know, I think that's a territory we're in, Baptize. You're absolutely a liar. Um, there is no way you're that dumb. Um, I, I mean this as civilly and with all the love of uh, I can muster. You are a liar and maybe full of demons. Um, you're intentionally misrepresenting what you know we believe. So I don't know if you're doing this for like a funny YouTube video recording or to lure people into whatever like cult you have that you're setting up. Um, but you're dead wrong. Uh -huh. So when, G when John says, here's Jesus, the son of God, that does not exclude him from also being God. We believe, as you darn well know, Jesus is God the Son. Jesus is not the Father. Jesus is the Son. The Son is God. The Father is God. The Holy Spirit is God. That is our answer. You've heard that countless times, and you know that. And if you don't know that, then you need honest-to-God professional help. I sound like Chris now. Uh, I don't know where else to go with you, but your time is done here. You should also repent and believe the gospel. You know, uh, anyone else have anything to say before uh, yeah. I take my lunch break? Uh, on a side note, uh, Nate, I just learned that uh, Seventh Day Adventists believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel, and so they told me that Michael the Archangel is God, and so maybe you want to chew on that. They believe that, not just Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, why? Well, maybe I don't know about, but. I, Definitely, the Seventh Day Adventists believe that Michael the Archangel is God. I haven't heard that from about the Seventh Day Adventists. I know it's a Jehovah's Witness position, but I I don't know anything about the Seventh Day Adventists. Yeah, and it, it has to do with them. Can anyone, can anyone that confirm Jesus, that? They believe that Jesus is God, but they also believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel. Can anyone confirm that? I know that's a JW position. I don't. I don't know that about the Seventh Day people. Um, that guy, Wait, Justin, wait I don't know if you know Justin. He actually confirmed it uh, about two or three days ago. Oh. And uh, Odie brought it. You know Odie. Odie yeah. brought it up to him, and sure enough, uh, we didn't know that on the stage, but then Justin confirmed it. Huh. Well, interesting. All right, Walter, you want to send us off with a final thought? Hey, uh, my, my thought is that Christ is the way, the truth, the only way to eternal life. That's what I think. And always have. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. nice to see you too. Wow, it is the day for cultists. Goodness. Um, wait, he says Nate is an idiot. Um, I, I don't know what version of, of Christianity you butcher, but do you hold to the one where it says if you call someone an idiot, you're liable to like the fires of hell or something like that? Um, if that's something you follow, then, you know, maybe walk that back. Um, anyways, 
All right, everyone, have an awesome day. We'll see you all later. Take care. Have a good one.